Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. What the? Oh, wait. What? Wait. What the shit? I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. Who let him in? What the fuck? Wait. I mean, the door was unlocked. (laughs) Hold on. Let's do the best movie of last year. Hey, Chris, I thought he was with you. Good. Ah, I can see you're still lame. So that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. It's good stuff. So for those that don't know, for those in the audience that haven't listened to the first thirty something episodes, forty, I forget. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's we much. we have one of our original guests on the end of time, one of the original co hosts, which now we're like a trifecta of host, 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 whatever. Uh Adam is back with us on the end of time. Man, welcome back to the podcast, man. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah. I just want to uh, give you a uh, quick, well, actually, he oh, uh, he hasn't been here since episode 14. Oh, wow. Yep. And I this is 44. He, it's been a while. I didn't, realize, I didn't realize he dumped us that fucking far, that, that far back, yeah. man. Yeah, it was only a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple with a big capital C. Uh, well, shit, it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be some good times, man. We are, we should be officially from now on having uh, three hosts on the End of Time podcast. It's going to be a lot of content, a lot of discussion, a lot of debate. So I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm fucking ready to go. Um, before we start the weeks, uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll out some well actuallys. Uh, if you have some, Chris, let me know. But I've got uh, two from last episode. I uh, said that Donkey Kong Country 1, I did complete. I 102%ed that a few times. Uh, That is a mistake because Donkey Kong Country 1 goes to 101%. And Donkey Kong Country 2 goes to 102%. I know that I 100%ed them, but I do remember both of them having like that percentage over. And it's 1 to 1, 2 to 2. So, my bad. And also, uh, I don't think that I officially called him this, but I know that I wasn't, like, being uh, sarcastic about it. The uh, secondary character in Donkey Kong Country 3 was named uh, Kitty Kong, not Baby Kong. They call him Baby Kong. Which, it's not technically wrong, because that is what he is. He's designed to be the fucking baby of the group, but whatever. His real name is, is Kitty Kong. Um... That's all I got from last week. Anything from you, Chris? Nope. Holy shit. All right. Uh, well, to put Adam straight to the fucking chalk block oh, to make sure that he knows what the fuck he's doing on this oh, podcast oh still. Uh, let's roll straight into weeks, folks. Uh, we're going to start with you, Adam. What'd you do this? What's been, I mean, you could say what you've been doing the past, like, 27 and a half months you've been away from the podcast. Jesus. But I don't think we'll anybody wants to hear that. Since June 3rd of last year. I don't think oh. anybody wants to hear Dude, that. I'm just telling you, Chris is fucking hammering this home. Just to yeah. let Chris you know. Chris is like, I've been here. It's been me. Just to let you know, fucking. I'm his new man. Get your shit He's straight, He's my homie. daddy now. <laughs> so... Just for safety's sake and time's sake, what how how's your how's your week in gaming and movies and anime? What the fuck ever been? Oh man, uh, been watching a lot of uh, a lot of uh, My Hero Academy. 
You ever, oh, yeah? You ever heard of that? My Hero Academia? Yes. I can't even fucking pronounce it, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about it, but, you know, my my stance on the anime stuff, even back when we had our anime episode, hasn't really changed. I just, I, I never find time to fit in. Um, I even have some, just some movies of it I keep wanting to check out in the anime world, and I just, I just haven't got around to them. Oh, I've yeah. heard of it. I've heard it's really fucking good. I mean, if anything, you can tell us about it if uh, we don't, you know. It's basically Japan's homage to the American comic book industry. You know, it's, really? uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the main hero is like a big white dude with blonde hair. He looks like Captain America and Superman combined. You know, he stands mm-hmm. behind this big American flag, you know, uh, <clears throat> But yeah, it, it it's pretty. It in their world, everybody's born with a quirk, or most of the people in the world are born with a quirk, and mm-hmm. so you end up with weird like frog people and people with like the ability to squirt water out of their hands, people that can grow to giant size. You know, mm-hmm. most people end up with like a useless quirk, and then sometimes people will end up with like something totally awesome, and then they would go to a special school for heroes, and that's basically what the show's about. Okay, without spoiling anything. You know, right, right. <clears throat> then we had a uh, uh, game I'd been looking at, looking forward to for a very long time. Came out is uh, Pillars of Eternity Two. And I know. Uh, now I, I have seen so much traction about Pillars of Eternity Two, mm-hmm. and I know nothing about the first game, much less the second one. But it, I, I see this game everywhere. Let me tell you that this is. Right up there with Suicoden 2 on transferring the first game to the second game. Wow. Well, okay. Comparing uh, save translation over is one thing, but I'm talking about, about the, the, game am- the amount of stuff it affects. Uh, but the, the, the game is everything the first game was, just a little bit better. The only gripe I have about it, the only gripe, and I bet they'll patch it, with uh, you know, one of the expansions or something like that, is that they didn't have mm-hmm. a big mega dungeon this time. Right. So, I mean, the first game had a dungeon that was like 15 levels deep, and you kept going deeper and de- it was like Diablo. You know, you kept going mm-hmm. deeper and deeper and deeper, and it kept getting harder and harder and harder as, as you went down. They didn't have anything comparable to that in the second game. Chris, are you familiar with these two games? Only in passing. I've watched a little bit of gameplay and stuff. Um I would have started playing the second one, but then I realized I've, you know, heard how much stuff transferred over from the first one. So right. now I'm not going to be able to until I go through the first one. Oh, you're in for well, such a treat, man! You're gonna educate me, gentlemen, since y'all know way more than me. What 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 is this game like? Like what 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 is it? What genre was it fall into? What is the gameplay like? What is it? It's a uh, isometric RPG in the Baldur's Gate style. Think you? Mm-hmm. I think I've told you about Baldur's Gate before. It's one of the one yeah. of the best D and D RPGs was made by the exact same people. Actually, they mm-hmm. uh, they crowdfunded the first game, then they crowdfunded a sequel to it. And uh, the first game I know had over seventy seven thousand people uh, back it through the Kickstarter. I, I can't remember if it was Patreon or Kickstarter or what, but they used some crowdfunding thing. Uh, so. They went through there, they've got, you know, the first has, I would say, probably one out of every three lines is probably voice acted, mm-hmm. as far as main character dialogue goes. The second game has 100% voice acting, even for the useless NPCs. Now, voice acting is fine. Mm-hmm. 
but is the story good? The story is unlike I, I'm not going to try. I know uh, I know Chris is going to play it, so I don't want to spoil too much for him. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you that it starts off very dark, and it mm-hmm. continues to get darker as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Until the second game start, and here's a here's a really cool thing from the first that transferred from the first game to the second game. Mm-hmm. You find out something extremely important about the world at the end of the first game. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what it is, but you find out something that's extremely, like, extremely important to the world. And your new okay. characters that come in in the second game, you have some returning characters from the first game in the second game. And they, they begin talking, and they say things about stuff, and uh, they don't know. They don't know these secrets that your first party did, your first party oh. discovered. And your first party is just kind of looking at each other and like, yeah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. I, I think you should just stop talking. I don't think you know what the hell you're talking about. And yeah, they'll get into wow. fight. They, and the, there's actually a party dynamic that goes into the second game is uh, characters will, as they... Uh, as they interact with the quest givers and each other and the uh, uh, events and stuff like that that happen throughout the game, uh, they will begin to like or dislike each other, and they will form relationships with each other or form, like, they'll either become friends, lovers, enemies, you know, whatever, at, as you're traveling together. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So what I'm hearing is this is this is a Diablo-esque dungeon crawler with a, not to say that Diablo didn't, but this has a really intricate and good story with good voice acting. Uh, I would say it's less Diablo, more Baldur's Gate. But mm, because you're... Yeah, you're I, haven't you're, play, you're, I haven't played Baldur's Gate, so it's uh, like... Imagine Diablo if you had a party. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the Isn't, best way to think of it. If if gotcha. you had a party and multiple people and an inventory to balance between all your characters and uh, you know, uh, it kind of levels de- very Dungeons and Dragons ish. You know, you level mm-hmm. up and you you pick skills and you throw points and attributes and stuff like that. You know, as you level gotcha. up. So it's a very very good game. This game I would gotcha. I I made my like fourth attempt on trying to get uh get into Divinity Original Sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had finally gotten it. You know, I had this game in my library forever. And I finally got into it. And I was like 10, 12 hours in. And then I f- looked up and Pillars of Eternity 2 had dropped. And I dropped that game like a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Okay. Yeah, so I was really looking forward to this game. And it did not disappoint me at all. Okay. Um, How... I'm 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 assuming that the first game holds up. Yeah, it holds up. I, I don't know how old, like how old are we talking? Ooh, Five years. Decade? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I can't remember exactly how many years it's been. Um, That's fine. If it's it holds been up, somewhere it holds between up. two and four, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Don't quote me. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's still relatively new then, as of as of now anyway. Yeah, it's uh, but oh man, it was so good, so good. But very That's dark. Nice. It's good. It's one of those. It's one of those games where you know it's going to have. Uh, it's probably not best for kids. You know the yeah. the subject matter it, it goes over is very very dark. It does actually has got. Some, uh, you guys like Critical Role, right? Oh yeah. Yep. 
Now, if you like Critical Role, a lot of the guys from Critical Role and gals from Critical Role voice act in both of the games. Nice. Nice. So you'll, uh, and I do believe there was something, uh, some kind of special thing to get uh, their portraits or something like that unlockable. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard anything about it? I'm trying to remember what it was. I know they talked about it on Critical Role, you know, beforehand in their little announcement segment. Yeah. Um, I think it was free DLC. Huh. Oh shit! If we're not That's mistaken. Cool. Um, and <clears throat> while I've got the mic, uh, two things real quick. Uh, the release date on the first one was October of 2013. Mm-hmm. So about four and a half years old. The other mm-hmm. thing, and I don't know if you know this or not, Michael, but these games are free to play. Ooh, fr- okay, so so let's pause for a second. Yep. So you got to buy the game, but no. the game's free to play online? No, you don't buy the game. It's free to play. Are you, are you shitting me right now? These are no. two free games. Yes. What? Are, are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure I paid. I'm on Steam them. right now. Path of Exile, play game, free to play. That's where I got the date from. Wow. No, okay. not, not, not Paths of Exile. This is Pillars of Eternity. Oh, sorry. Hold oh. on a second. Damn it, Chris. Ooh, I was Damn. about to be mad. I was like, I'm going to drop like 50 <laughs> bucks on these games. These both yeah. dropped around the same time. So Gotcha. That's okay. That's, uh, that's fine. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. 50 bucks. Uh, okay. I mean... D- Unless they're both like sixty fucking dollars a piece, I'm not. I mean, uh, I'm sure the first the, game is going down in price, but the oh, second yeah. one I think oh, yeah. was like thirty five dollars on release day. If, I say. if it holds up thirty to the and fifty, that, if it if it if they if they hold up to the the degree that you're pushing them, I mean, shit, it's, it's well, worth it. Here's the thing: is that's my cup of tea right there. I like those style of games. I like the character yeah. building and management and all that kind of stuff. You yeah. may want to get the cheaper first game. Because I mean, you're gonna play the first oh, game first. Oh anyway. yeah, I'm gonna play the first. You you started this whole thing off saying how touting a sweet coding level of story oh, translation yeah. from that oh, yeah. tells me okay, I'm not even fucking with that. I'm gonna play the first. You got I'm guys not, from the quest. You got guys from obscure quests in the first game that you run into in the second game, and your party remembers them as like. Oh, yeah, you're doing better for yourself, huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah. You still doing that crap you were doing in the first game? No? No? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I believe you, but whatever. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm going to assume that not only for the story, that if I play through the first one, if I'm like the first one, then that, that's, that'll that be the barometer of, oh, yeah, you're going to like the second one. It, so, it, it, yeah. You, if you like the first one, then you will love the second one. Good. Um, I would. All uh, right. I would. I would say, because I mean, it's not like going from Mass Effect One to Mass Effect Two. It's the same system. Oh, they did a little bit of God. curtailment, oh. little bit of curtailment, and uh, you know, you have a different set of rules you're working under, but it's pretty much the same game. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the first Pillars of Eternity was March of 2015. So that's literally yeah, only man, three years old. Yeah, it's to, to for me. Two thousand fucking five and six is still relatively new to me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think he recommended. Uh, I think he recommended a long time ago for me to check out like Baldur's Gate. And not only is it like super not in my wheelhouse, but I, I didn't realize how old it was. And I was like, I don't know. It's kind of getting into that one. But this is this is still r- way new for my taste. Oh yeah. Um. Well, shit, man, I'll add that to my fucking gotta check it out list. While I have funds to buy games, I'll add it to my add it to my Steam library. Well, make sure um, you let me know. 
I want I want to hear I want to hear your play by play as you go through this game. Well, that's the great thing about having this podcast is if I do get it, and then whenever I do start to play it, it'll be part of my weeks. Uh, if I keep playing it, you and the audience will know what I like about it. If I stop playing it, you and the audience will know why I stopped playing it. But uh, the way you've built it up, I'll, it sounds like it's worth a check out. I'll give Definitely it, give it a out. shot. It's worth a shot at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else for your week, man? You wanna you wanna yeah, gush about, that, talk about? That's about that's about the end of my gaming related news. You you've pretty much dove into this game, is what we're getting at. Oh yeah, got I, it. I, I, I got it. Here's the thing: is I went back to the first game to beat it in different ways, so I could see how it affected oh, the second wow. game. Nice, nice. Cool. All right. Well, for uh, I guess we're rolling to my week then. Um, I wanted to point out, uh, Chris, one thing from last week, and this mm-hmm. is news for you as well, Adam. Uh, so last week, my wife and I went to see uh, Avengers: Infinity War twice. Uh, this is no news for Chris and or the audience. It's a big to do for me because I this is like the third movie in my life I've ever seen went to the theater and seen twice. Is that pretty good? But I forget. Is it that good of a movie? I haven't seen it yet. Again, I took my wife to go see this into the movies twice. Wow. It was that fucking good. And this was like, this was already like a week and a half, like two weeks after the fact. I was like, hey, we just need to go see it again. Just like, I'm tired of it. Just go see it again. Uh, The fact that that Chris and I were caught up to everything up to now, I think, what would you say, Chris? I I think Civil War and... And um, I, well, really, Civil War, really. I guess it, I guess it'd be like a must. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because of the yeah. way. You, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're caught up to the MCU, uh-huh. this is this 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 motherfucking movie held beyond what it was supposed to. Like, if your mentality is, man, this shit's been built up. I don't know. If I hope it holds up, it blows your expectations out the water. Yeah, I think the only it, movies I haven't seen so far are uh The Black Panther and mm-hmm. um what was the other one? Uh Man, I can't remember it now. Thor, Thor three. Yeah. I would say that you sh- might need- want to try to see those. I it need- would help because uh, the Infinity War picks up right at, the, I mean, the very end of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. So, just to get an idea of where they are, like, literally when the movie starts running and you start hearing somebody talking over, like, a radio, they're telling you where they are, what's going on, that was the end of Thor Ragnarok. So, I'm going to watch so Black just, Panther just, and then Thor and then Infinity War. And then this movie, like, okay. five times, yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, like you got, I'm, you. I know Chris does too, but you got a whole fucking recommendation for me. That is, yeah. it is a must see. It's not even like, oh man, you know what? They did okay, Adam. They made Infinity War and they brought Thanos in, and you know what? It was serviceable. Fuck all that. It was holy shit. Thanos that was is good. just kind of standing there in the background, Ooh. kicking rocks. He's like, hey guys, <laughs> you know, I was just wondering if I could have those Infinity Stones, man. Maybe. <laughs> so, for you and for the audience now, too, this is like the third or fourth time we've told everybody to go see this movie. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But a detail that I that I neglected to mention, and this was something I debated about not even bringing up because I think it, at first I didn't want to bring it up because this is basically giving somebody kind of sort of credit because I'm talking about it. 
But it was very coincidental, Chris, that like two or three episodes ago, we had talked about people doing bad shit in the theater, like talking on the talking during the movie or having their cell phone out and doing stupid shit. And I'm telling you, I am fucking cursed with this thing in life where when I say something hasn't happened or won't happen, it fucking happens. So up until the second time that I went and seen uh, Infinity War for the second time, so this was last week, of 36 years old, this was the first time something like this had ever happened. And I've heard lots of horror stories from other people, shit like this happening, especially from CinemaSins, because those guys, all they talk about are movies and theater yeah. experiences because they worked in it. So my wife and I are in the Infinity War, watching it for the second time, enjoying it just as much as we did the first. I'm, I'm still going, ooh, ah, wow, at all kind of points in the movie. And somewhere toward the middle of the movie, no spoiler what what's happening, but it's the scene, Chris, whenever Thor is finally getting his, he's getting a, a thing done. Mm-hmm. Right in that scene, right when um, Groot is doing his cool part, some fucking kid had ran into the theater, had like ran up the walkway and got to where people could see him and just hollered out a blatant fucking spoiler for the movie. Like wow. right at a right at a crucial quiet like the you know like the the music was building and it's yeah. tense and then it got quiet for like two seconds. This kid just spoiler thing and runs out. Now my wife and I, who had already seen the movie, knew what the fuck he said, so we weren't spoiled by it. But I looked around and I I could see people like, what, what did he say? Did he say what I think he said? And I'm like, wow, are you fucking kidding me? What a scumbag! Are you what a yep. fucking Dirt bag, Pete. Like that's what? the reason that abortion should be legal up to age twenty-one. <laughs> it was obviously now. I didn't get a look at him because we. I always pick my seats pretty much in the middle of the theater, mm-hmm. and with, with it being dark and that particular scene of the movie, it's in space, so it's all black and it's yeah. hard to see anything. And I actually thought it was somebody like in the front row, the, the way that it sounded. But no, we it, some some fucking teenage punk kid ran in and it did, spoiler thing and ran out. And I was like, man, if I hadn't already seen this movie, whoo boy. Um, but that's for fortunately. Was this, was this over at the uh, theater by me? Yeah, it was at the yeah. Oh yeah. fuck. Um, but like I said, man, that's not, it, it's just it's it's one of those things in my life where I had ju- we had just had an episode a couple episodes back where we had talked about stupid shit that people do in theaters again, like talking during the theater, laughing and what or just fucking. How punk dare kids. they laugh at a movie? Those <laughs> bastards! Just punk Movies kids aren't being funny. punk no. kids or <laughs> people having their phones out and everything. And I was like, yeah, I've fortunately never had to deal with that in the. Here, like a month later, boom! This dumb shit happened. <laughs> that is kind I had of crazy. A, there was a baby crying when I went to see. Uh, it wasn't too bad. The person did actually get up and walk out a couple of times. You know. Wow. Um, but it was. It didn't ruin anything. It's like, yep, that's happening. You know, I, uh, I, I, when I'm, my kids were ever that age, I never took them ever to the. Theater. Oh yeah, yeah. We never. had that discussion. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's something you should do. No, Adam. Let me ask you something. Did. When when I went and saw Batman: The Dark Knight, the second bat, the second Nolan Batman movie, I was with a bunch of friends. It was a group of us that went and saw it. Were you with me? I don't think. Were so. you with? Okay. Did I ever tell you or Chris the story about the fucking baby crying in that movie? Does that sound familiar? No. Dark Knight baby crying story. I've never heard this. this. Was this was great? 
This is the first time that I've ever experienced this. Apparently, this is like a big to do these days for certain movies. Like, uh, so there was so we went and saw it the opening night, and this was before you could uh, buy your tickets ahead of time. Okay, so we first time ever I stood in line to get these tickets, and then stood in line outside the theater so we can get seated in. Uh, it was me and like six, seven of our friends. We all went and saw this together. Uh, so they opened the theater. I mean, we didn't wait too long. We waited like maybe maybe an hour. And it was a bunch of us nerdy friends talking, so the time passed like nothing. So they they opened the door. They sat us all in. And we could, so we were, if you can picture the rows, we were the fourth row back. So you had the two nosebleed sections and then a row and then our row. The row directly in front of us and also directly in front of our seats had a family of three. It was a mom, a dad, and a baby, a baby in his, a baby in her arms. Uh, and we, I mean, it, what'd you do to that is, baby? It is what it is. We were so fucking excited to see this movie, and the baby started crying, and we all, all of us, started looking at each other with that all. Oh, and it must, half of us already, half of them already had kids, so they were like, "Why the fuck would they do that? This is stupid." And uh, so we're, it's like ten, fifteen minutes for the movie starts, and the manager comes in, the theater manager, dressed up in a fucking three piece suit and everything. And he's like, hey, "Everybody's attention, please. Everybody, attention. Everybody, please. Like, you know, thank you all." For coming to this movie tonight, we, we appreciate the business and the patronage. I hope everyone here is excited, blah, 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 blah. Like, I've heard so many great things about this movie, and this is actually the first time for me getting to see it. I've got a seat right over here, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we gave out, like, there were, there were complimentary, like, popcorn tickets everything. It's like, if you won your popcorn tickets, don't forget to go redeem that. And he was just hyping up this whole thing. And when he was finished, uh, instead of walking off out of the area, he walked right over there. And this is right in front of us, so we could hear what he said. Uh, he walked over to the to the the parents of the baby, and he's like, he, they were the only ones in the theater with the baby, which may be why he did it. I don't know if he wanted to go to every single parent with a baby, but either way, so he was like, he's like, you uh, just wanted to ask you guys uh, very politely and, and just very quietly, and not not to make a scene or anything, but this is a big to do movie, and I noticed you have an infant, and I am totally 100% cool with comping this movie for you, giving you two free tickets and giving you another two free tickets on top of it. If you wouldn't mind maybe reconsidering seeing this movie another time or maybe working out with a babysitter or something like I will totally I will totally let you see two movies for free if you do it. The guy who had the baby in his hands looks over to his, I'm assuming, wife handed her the baby and said, I'm not missing this movie. Take it home. And we were Damn. like, what? Damn. What? That is savage, man. And Holy crap. We got to see all of this. She didn't look at him with the, no, you didn't. She just looked at him and just like, all right, I guess I'm going to go. And I was like, what the all of you us should have like, fucking like followed that man home and asked him to teach you <laughs> all of it and look I, i'm not i i may be i may be misquoting him he was he wasn't an asshole about it he just handed her the baby and was like i'm not missing the movie he's bring the baby home go go home he's like toss like it in the we dumpster like, do something get the, get the fuck out of here <laughs> <sighs> so yeah Wow! Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to bring that story up about the whole fucking kid being a douchebag. Audience of ours, don't be douchebags in theaters. Come on, put your fucking cell phones away. Put it on dim. Don't shout stupid shit. Don't talk during the whole movie. Come on, man. People pay for an experience. Be courteous. 
Um, didn't do much for movies this week, anything like that. Uh, games. Uh, let's see. So, I think I brought it up last episode that I had just started uh playing through Final Fantasy VII again. Yeah. yeah, it's actually been about three or four years since I played that game. Uh, and man, I've in my lifetime, I know I've been through seven like 10, 15 times. That number may increase every time I tell you to because I, I don't remember. I remember in <laughs> high school alone, just in the fucking 10th or 11th grade, I went through it like nine times in a year because I just played it over and over and then 100% and get all the material and then master material and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So having a somewhat older, different perspective on the game, um, I played through all the way. I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't get all the materia. I didn't do master material. I just kind of went through the game as it as the game was given to me. I did have a couple hours of, of kind of a break because I, I wanted to get most pretty much everybody's uh, limit break and that kind of takes a while. Yeah. Because you gotta, you know, you gotta, you have to use the first limit break a set amount of times to unlock the next level, and then to get the second version, or that's to get the second level of the first. Yeah, yeah, you know what <laughs> I mean. Part so of it's killing it, enemies. The it other takes part is work. Using it. Right, right, and then I have, to, and then you know, I would kill a party member off that way. They're guaranteed to have to blah blah blah. It took a while, but I got everybody's limit break, which was kind of useless again because once I got through everything in the game and got all the way to Sephiroth this fucking Sephiroth fight again was like maybe maybe five fucking minutes both phases so but still I so some things that I noticed about this game that was done right was they definitely pepper in a lot of the whole uh well let me pause let me pause because God knows there probably is some out there um, spoiler warning for Final Fantasy VII, and this is the Final Fantasy VII PC slash PlayStation, the original version. You know, if you're listening to this episode in fucking 2024 and the remake's already out, we're talking. I'm talking about the original Final Fantasy VII, so you've been warned. Um, I didn't realize just how good of a job Seven does of peppering in all that Zack shit like throughout mm-hmm. the game, like. Because I now know the story and have known the story as shit was happening, I I constantly was going, nope, that's wrong. That's no cloud. That's not what happened. Or <laughs> that's not, this is not how that scene's going to play. But they're, they, they did a really good job of fucking meshing all that together to make you believe that cloud believed everything that he believed. Uh, the writing in this game, I, I want to see, I was, I was debating on trying to find any more fan translations or maybe rewrites because definitely a lot of, I don't want to say the game was rushed, but it, there was definitely a lot of like questionable, maybe translation or Mm -hmm. just conversations just kind of, kind of were wonky here and there, but all in all pretty good. Um, I, I don't think I really had too many complaints for the game as a whole, but there was something that I have realized now playing through it at this age that I just, I don't know how the fuck I just missed this or I just didn't care about it or had some fucking Final Fantasy nerdgasm and I just didn't pay attention, but Kate Sith in this game. Uh You mean cash yet? 
Cat She, sure. Cat Shit. Uh, who, by the way, his real name is Reeve, because I'm that asshole that once I found out that the character actually has a different name, and that's their real name, that's who I always name the character as. <laughs> well, then so it, I didn't named... none of the conversations make sense. No. So, that, and I'm, I'm about to get to that. <laughs> Reeve, so you like, mean you Reeve. were Reeve the whole time? So, number one, first mm-hmm. time where I was like, what the fuck is up with you, Kate Sith? Like, how are you, you're either written weird or or they're trying to portray some Japanese stereotypes that the American audiences just don't mesh with. The, after you find out in the Gold Saucer, after Reeve reveals to you, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a, I'm a puppet and I'm the spy. Like, bam, you found me. It's me. Oh, and you're going to you guys are going to do what I want because you kind of have no choice. You're like, all right, so we have to go along with this guy. I mean, per the writing, anyway. We got to do whatever the fuck Reeve wants to do. Mm-hmm. We got to do whatever he says, and he, we know that he's a spy, but we have to pretend that he's not one. Okay. When you go into the ancient temple, Reeve says, hey, man, I'll sacrifice myself for the team. But they played it out like it was a fucking dramatic scene. Number one, yep. I don't know why Reeve decided to do that, period, because he just got through telling us that he was the bad guy and on the Shinra side of the life. I mean, he was evil. Not, well, not evil, but he was bad. See, he that, was a fucking spy. Yeah, that's the thing. He was bad, but not evil. So when right. things got worse at Shinra, he's like, that's, you know, the line I won't cross. I don't know. And see, here's I, the I thing. remember there being something about him, like when they were doing like the little table meetings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like none of the other Shinner guys liked him or something, and he was always helping out the people in the slums or something like that. Yeah, he something. was in it's charge. Uh, he was in charge. I'm, I'm getting to that. Trust me, it's all building to it. All right. He he was in charge of the Shin of the uh sin, the Shinra like sub sub something development. He was in mm-hmm. charge of all the slums. Yes, you're right. And but even the scenes that were inter that were spliced in between up to the last scene that pissed me off about him, he he didn't have this like okay fuck Shinra okay I'm a spy but I'm gonna help you guys out that was later that was way later when uh, Heidegger uh, whatever the fuck the girl Shira whatever the fuck the girl's name was and him had that meeting and they were like yeah fuck everybody else we're gonna do what we want. And he was like, yeah, no. But that that was later. So it even if even if I'm not not remembering things correctly, the fact that he was like, okay, I'm gonna sacrifice, you know, Kate Sith's body because that's basically a puppet. I can do that anytime I want to. I was like, okay, that's cool. But they had this fucking slow, dramatic fucking walk of him through the ancient temple. And then, like, he stumbled over and fell over real slow motion. And the cat was, like, crawling back onto the big cat. And it was like, I was like, why the fuck are y'all making this a sad thing? He is a puppet. He just got through telling us, I've got, like, 20 more of these. I can, this is not a thing. That's one. And two, he's a fucking spy. So who the fuck, why do I care? I got no emotion, and they were trying so hard to get emotion out of that. Second time that he pissed me off, right at the end of the game, we're going to do something, and Barrett is up in the high wind, and Kate Sith just walks up and starts giving Barrett shit. It's like, hey, uh, Barrett, how many people you think die whenever you blew up the reactor? I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? 
Like, why, why are you, we're off to go do something, and you're just totally diverting this whole thing, and you're shitting on Barrett for, I don't know, what impromptu, who knows what reason. I mean, he is kind of a terrorist. I don't remember that what? conversation, so I can't. I don't remember yeah. context. I, I remember everybody kind of being mad at at uh, Kate Sith, and then they, you know, he, he kind of told them off one at a time or something like that, or maybe it's just the ones in your party. I'm not sure. Um. Uh, it was it. It usually came down to like him being a shit and everybody kind of telling him, you know, whoa, your boobs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just his. I don't know. I I never realized that I was that annoyed by that shit until I actually played through and paid more attention. And I was like, yeah, he's not not written that well. He's not the only one because Cloud was kind of wrote that way too. Cloud from the beginning of the game had this, and I mean they push this agenda with him where i don't care you know well what do you think the world's got? look i don't care i'm not i'm not here to hear your sob story i'm here to do this thing i want to do the mission and what about the world cloud man fuck the world i'm gonna dye my hair black and i'm emo and i'm like okay so Barrett is telling you that he is doing this because he wants to save the world. He's telling you that the planet is going to die, and you're just blowing him off. Okay, and then out of nowhere, he just flips his own switch. There was no story narrative to give why, but suddenly Cloud was like, I can't let you destroy the world like that. I was like, whoa. And this was in, like, disc one, like, hour five. I forget where it happened, but it just flipped. And I'm good with it flipping. It's nice to know that Cloud, like, I have a blasé attitude. I don't care. But if you're going to turn that into, you know what? Uh-uh. No, no. The world's important. You, you got to be give a me, catalyst or something. you got to give me some reasons why. Like, maybe it was Eris. Maybe because he met Eris and Eris was cool. And maybe he, for love, I don't fucking know. But I didn't get that. I, I can kind of I can kind of understand why he might not be down with like all the stuff Barrett is saying like at the beginning of the game, you know. Yeah. Right. He's like, "Oh, the world's dying." Oh, yeah, it is, really, you know. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know that it's literally dying, you know. Yeah. But this was the I, I from the narrative, from the way that the story was presented to me, I got more of a I don't care about that shit, bruh, attitude than yeah, you're kind of you're kind of tinfoil hat guy. I don't buy in your game. Um This is but, like the cinema sins breakdown of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> I suppose. But I mean, in the end, I, I I did go through it. I I still love man, it's I still love the build up. I still I still love all the the shit that goes on with Sephiroth and him figuring out, you know, oh, I'm I'm just a fucking spawn of a basically a fucking alien and mad scientist, and oh, I'm just gonna. His motivations were not the greatest in the world, but they definitely made sense in that game. They made sense for him uh, summoning Meteor and wanting to make a big fucking to do and then sucking up all the energy that, and also the shit with cloud coming to the realization of what he was and all that. Like I still get a good kick out of all that, but yeah, I, I, I beat it. I went through it. I just, I didn't really do much grinding on the side. I just fucking walked, 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 and then, uh, beat the game. And that was it. Uh, the next game that I started playing, uh, I had I had picked up a couple more Switch games recently, and one of them was uh, Hyrule Warriors. 
This was this is the definitive edition. I think it's mm-hmm. Hyrule Wars or Definitive Edition. Um, kind of kind of shit of me to do because I do have that game on the Wii U, but I <laughs> and like I said, I want to build I want to build my Switch library with something I want to play. And I've heard from several sources that this this adds a lot of quality of life, and it basically has all the content from the Wii U game already in one package. So yeah, cool. I'll check it out. And I'm only <laughs> I'm like in the second mission, so I haven't I haven't really had a lot of time to fuck with it. But it's 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 a uh, I don't know what Muso stands for. I'm sure somebody whose name rhymes with Gris will let me know what a Muso game is. But that's what this game is. Uh, for those that don't know what a Muso game is, it's basically fucking Dynasty Wars. If you don't know what Dynasty Wars is, <gasps> you're a character that has a weapon. And you fight a shit ton of enemies all at one time in a action format. Uh, you're swinging a sword around or using magic or what the fuck ever. And you are basically screen clearing multiple, like, we're talking like 15, 20, 50, whatever enemies at a time. And it's 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 good. I mean, it's definitely a little button mashy, but there's a lot they there's a lot of uh, depth to it. You because feel you really have multiple, powerful, do you? Yes. That's one of the main uh, things. And, Right. There's multiple combos for every character, so you don't you you're not just going XXX or just YYY. You're trying to your combos not only have different like different moves from one move to another, they can also like trigger special moves. So and those different moves have different properties and different things that they'll do. So you might do this combo that will have a a, a a move that will suck all the enemies in at one place, makes it easier to kill them at one time. You have another move that's ba- that that combo that will lead to basically a screen clearing type move. So the the variety of the combat with each character is there. You also have multiple characters on the map at the same time that you can select through. So you can have one character clearing out one corner of the map, and then a thing will go, hey, we're fucking getting attacked down here at the southwest corner, and you, you swap to the other character who has a different move set and different move combos and et cetera, et cetera. And this is just the baby steps of the game. I'm literally on the second mission of this game, and I'm like, God, there's a lot of shit going on. There's, I don't know, I didn't even really count, but it looks like there's 30 different characters to play in this game as the story progresses. Wow. Uh, a lot of shit to unlock. This thing is fucking collect-a-thon and unlock heavy because there's weapons to unlock, armor to unlock, items to unlock and buy, et cetera, et cetera, combos, all this shit. Man, so, let me ask you a question. Is there uh, ah, Are the items uh, things that you pick up and then they're in your inventory to use them, or are they things like yes. uh, the old traditional power-up where you run over the bottle and, and you absorb it and it activates for however many seconds? Or Sure. From what I've seen so far... Uh, it may be both. What I've seen so far has been the I'm going to find an item in the real world and then it becomes a permanent part of my inventory and I can just use that ad nauseum. Okay, so uh, it doesn't no, ju- like it's not like you pick that bottle up and you got 40 seconds to make it over here so you can clear this area out or else the thing precisely. Out. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right. no. You uh, like for example, the first the first thing you pick up, the first item you're going to come across is a bomb. And when you pick the bomb up, you you have as long as you have the bomb selected, you can hum bombs all day long. You just press a button and they throw out like fucking fifteen bombs at one time in, a, wow. in an area and, and they all blow up. Now, 
The thing is, though, this is from what I'm seeing so far is most of these items that you pick up that become part of your inventory are basically utilitarian. They're they're utility items. They're, if you're bombs, you're mainly going to use those to blow up rocks, blow up walls, etc., etc. You can use them in the battle, but all it'll do is it doesn't really they don't really do much damage at all. They will like stun enemies maybe, or maybe throw enemies away from where the bomb exploded. Um, what about but there's uh, def- what about stuff like attack power up? Like your attack power is increased by fifty percent for X number of seconds, or what? that's what I remember from I- Dynasty Warriors. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I haven't seen any like, you know, happens right then. But again, I'm only on the second mission and I'm still getting tutorial things too. That's like, hey, you can do this, you can do that. Very, very smooth transitions, very seamless action for what I'm seeing. Uh, the fact that it's on the Switch, it's such a newer version, uh, the frame rate locked and all that shit. But I was initially concerned about man i don't want to have to control four fucking players on the field at one time but when you do it it works like a fucking champ you literally press one button and it goes to the other person and half the time they're already in combat they've already been clearing shit out so you're just picking up for them um again lots of I've, i've i've been through the menus i've been through the shops i've seen things that i can unlock and buy and all that stuff there's a lot to upgrade a lot to buy to have and that's that's right up my alley. So I'll probably be playing that for a good time. Uh, good God. I, there, there's modes in this game I haven't even seen yet. So who knows how far I'm going to get into it or how long or, or how much shit I'm going to unlock. But it's if if I was looking for a game that just has just this blank statement, a shit ton to do, this game definitely has it. I don't think I've been playing much else. Uh, I mean, I did that thing where I just kept going through my Steam library and I couldn't decide on anything to play. And uh, this is where I've been sitting at so far. I don't have anything like that's really upcoming that I'm waiting on either, so if this game keeps my interest, it'll probably be what I'm playing for a while. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it for my week. Chris, have you had a week, sir? Yeah. Um, Before I get into my individual stuff, um, Uh we play D&D Monday night. Yeah. Um, and it was a interesting little episode. Uh, mm-hmm. What our session? Uh, mm-hmm. What did you guys think? Uh, well, for me, I got to go do something on my own, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. I I really hesitated to do that. I thought about it probably about five minutes into it. I was like, man, I really should have been like, hey, does anybody want to come with me? Because I'm not doing anything stealthy. But I just went and got some information, uh, interrogated a guy, got some information, came back. Um. It it was pretty cool for me to get to do something, and I got to you know chill and wait to see what everybody else was doing. Yeah, I, I uh, think it's pretty interesting watching you mature as a DM. <laughs> that that's my favorite part of this whole thing. And me you, as a player too, because holy he, shit, he put you had somebody put you on a spot, and you were like, uh, "Bam, here's my answer," and I was like, yeah. "Yes, yes, good <laughs> job." Yeah, I uh, I've been doing this thing where. Some games I over-prepare, or some sessions I over-prepare, some I under-prepare. Um, this week, I think I spent all of like 10 minutes jotting down a couple notes because I got a new notebook 
Um, and that was about it. Uh, the stuff the rogue was doing, <clears throat> I was drawing a map in my notebook as he was asking me questions, you know? Oh, nice. So it was all on the fly designing thing. I had yeah. expected the, uh, the other mission to get done first. Um, so I'd literally, all I had on my notes for the job he actually did was steal a ledger from someone. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so basically, you're That's saying it. he had a procedurally generated office. Yeah, essentially. Going through. <laughs> I was like, uh, what makes sense? Yeah, sure. This is how it looks. Okay. Yeah. Does it have a window? Uh, yeah, sure it does now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. listened to the episode, Adam, but one of the first ones where uh, y'all were visiting the old church with a tunnel underneath it, uh, when Michael went around and he's like, is there a back door? I was like, uh yeah sure i had, hadn't even thought about there being a back door but i was like yeah that totally makes sense yeah it's like right behind the pulpit there's like a door <laughs> right there god that's another one of my favorite episodes one of my favorite sessions because i'm trying to fucking track and sneak around this fucking church and then somebody brought it up it's like wait we're in the middle of like a town aren't we yeah this is you're there's like bunches of buildings around you i'm like what the fuck I do okay. I'm just walking around this fucking church now. Okay, fuck the, the fuck am I hiding from? I've got to imagine uh, your character was like behind like a stop sign, like peering like, around the corner. You know, fucking yeah. families are walking by, like fucking the? two women holding like a baby girl, and they're just like, "Why is that guy like sneaking like, around the church?" It's like, mommy, what what's wrong with that man? Shh, don't talk to him. I'm so. all like, shh, <laughs> stop looking at me. I'm being sneaky. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I, we've talked about this before, uh, Adam, but what's your take on, you know, how we seem to have a lot of sessions that have no combat. I'm fine with no combat. Uh, I mean, I, I was telling Mike out of game, um, you know, before that the non-combat time is actually the time when you do the most character development, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not a whole lot of time or, or, you know, weeks go by in seconds out of combat, but seconds go by in hours in combat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so your, uh, your main time where you have time to, you know, actually develop relationships with characters and do weird, you know, quirky, memorable things is when you're outside of combat. So you got to make the most of it when you're out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's also uh, another thing. I, mean, I guess we had one. Uh, we we had that last encounter where we fought yeah. the rat. We fought the rat king and beat him back to the Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he was. Uh, I guess the question came up of whether or not the rogue should get any experience, and I was like, "Oh yes, mm-hmm. oh yes." And the reason for that is I will always say that any any time a character has uh, story development or goes out and does something that you know has an experience outside of combat that should still count as character experience like right. uh when, yeah. the, when the cleric went to his temple you don't think that would have a major impact on his character oh yeah oh yeah even if combat or no he'd still you know he gained something from that mm-hmm. so i yeah. think that those kind of things are just as important and what you really don't want to do is start rewarding people for uh seeking combat mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know he'd be like oh i'm gonna become a closet murderer to rack up on experience <laughs> murder hobo 
Or, or that, or unless they're a barbarian, because by nature they just fight, so mm-hmm. it's understandable. <laughs> Try to cook yeah. rats in the middle of the street, you know. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah. No, um, look, the, the, as off as it was cooking rats in the street, by the way, for our audience, uh, so sorry, we're leaving you out of context mm-hmm. again. So after our rat battle, which was basically a were-rat guy that just started summoning fucking hordes of rats and giant rats in the street, we dispatched the rats and him handedly while saving a bunch of town's guard, basically making them look like bitches. But when the battle was done, everybody's policing up the mess. The barbarian decides that he's just going to start roasting some rats in the middle of the street. I forget. Why, why did he say he was doing that? He was going to eat them? Or yeah, he just... He just was gonna fucking descended. Ah, just fucking put his weapon over his shoulder. Ah, good battle. He just start charge. Fighting, charging fighting works up a mighty appetite. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was not. Uh, I, I could. It'd, have, it'd be a stretch. It's still like a what the fuck are you doing stretch? But there was mm-hmm. no bigger stretch than I am tearing this rat apart, and I'm looking for treasure <laughs> inside <laughs> the guts. Of yeah. this rat. Uh, and it was, was like, s- somebody directly questioned that. Why would you do that? I don't know, because maybe the, the rats, are they eat things, so maybe they, what, you, what they ate a fucking diamond? <laughs> and you, this is, whoa, boy, so we've got fucking rat char over here, and we've got rat mutilator over here, and it's like, I'm, I'm just... Just gonna go go to the bath. Yeah, I'm, that's one of those moments when, as a demon, I'm like, "All right, we just had this fight, and oh my god, what have we? What is this going on now?" I mean, party full so of well. party full of weirdos trying to cut you, open rats. Uh, <laughs> you learned about your players a little bit in that one, boy. Oh yeah. Oh man. And I, you know, you notice I didn't reward either of those behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I was like, but yeah, in no. general, it was a. <laughs> In general, it was a, it was pretty good, and I I, I agree I agree with Adam. I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I, there doesn't even have to be a fucking pattern to it. I don't think like okay, we didn't have combat this session, so we better have it next time. I, as long as the story is moving, as mm-hmm. long as we're doing something, I'm fine. Yeah, and I I love the narrative after the fight. You know, it's like, is this a coincidence? Is this happening because we're here? What right? What's going on? You know, I was like, yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. It gives you a bunch of leads to go with too, in case right. you want to hook it somewhere. But uh, yeah, was... one of the one of the coolest things I thought about um, the entire thing was it essentially gave it gave us a reason to delay and kind of link back up with uh, Yuri. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I mean, yeah. At, at that point, you ended up with one person going back and. We went. I don't know why everybody decided to follow me, but you know, it's like okay, I guess I'm gonna go talk to these people, and I'm gonna have a giant group of people with me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we we're just uh, checking out the scenery. Yeah, but we're we've been kind of uh, just looking for ways to get more people involved, trying to get yeah. trying trying to trying to draw out the uh, the more character development from some of our more wallflowery yeah. kind of people. Yeah. Not sure. Was something that, not trying to pull them out of their comfort zone or anything like that, but just trying to get them to you know open up a little bit. There's something I that I had brought up to Adam is it, 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 it again. There's no like fucking contention or no like this isn't like uh, a this plot. is not going. Yeah, but specifically we you Chris put us on the road for 
like what was it three days mm-hmm. like three in-game days that was ample opportunity for us to be and you said it several times during the days like are you guys doing anything or are you just walking and even me but we all were just like yeah we're just continuing along that's perfect time for uh the fucking barbarian to sidle up to dandelion and go hey man so you know where where'd you get that loot from or I, whatever I, i'd have just told him to shut up and keep dragging the cart at that point but <laughs> wacky antics slash character building slash team building because what if you look if you looked at those three days from the outside in real life that that all took like maybe maybe an hour if if you exclude mm-hmm. the thing with you know yuri playing with the little kid that was fun yeah. but that was basically us going, all right, you guys are on the road. What are you doing? We're going down the path. All right. All right. It's dark. You want to sleep? Yeah, we sleep. All right. Nothing happens. Cool. You wake up. You go again. In the game, in the campaign itself, there was six characters that basically apparently didn't say shit to each other that entire trip. Have you ever, so, have you like, ever seen Do Click? we all fucking hate? <laughs> Do we all hate each other? Like, are we just all not talkative? You, you know that there was fucking stories developed or something. Some, some conversation went on, but in actuality, it didn't because we just fucking walked player, and ended up where we ended up. Players whiffed on that, but I, I imagine yeah. uh, the you remember uh, that Adam Sandler movie Click. Yeah, where you could fast forward time. That's what we did. We all just sat (laughs) there, like you know, just staring straight ahead as we walked in silence. So we still have a ways to go as as a group. We still Mm -hmm. like we're we're definitely doing a a a solid story thing right now. We have another common goal, but at the end of the day, this common goal is going to be once we finish this. All right, we have the potential to go our separate ways or whatever. There's nothing that has solidified us as a group, and even if it's not the story that's doing it, we as a collective have not solidified ourselves to each other because we've only really shared stuff with each other like once, maybe twice. And even those were very quick and kind of forced by a couple of us. But it was, you know, hey, where did it come from? Here's where I come from. All right, cool. So, yeah, I'm just going to drink and I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's so. it's one of those things where, you know, part of it is playing with new players. Um, yeah. You're a bit of yeah. an exception when it comes to that, Michael. And uh, I'm sure a lot of that is Adam's influence. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, what's your backstory? I'll I was here and then I was there and now I'm here, you know, it's not, you know, a fleshed out thing like you have. Um, It's, it really doesn't give a whole lot to work with as far as a background goes. And that's where a lot of the, uh, a lot of the getting to know each other happens. It's like, Oh, well, what's your background? Well, this and this, and there's no major reveals, you know, that's right. Not really anything. I mean, really, um, I, I'm trying to think of how much they've gone into your background, but, you know, that's something interesting that's like, oh, you know, and I don't think most of the party even knows anything about your background. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the cats would have an inkling, at least the rogue. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other one, maybe not so much as lazy as she is, but... Uh, yeah. Aside from that, you know, maybe Adam's character. 
Yeah. Or probably fairly likely like Adam's character with all the socializing he does, but that's it. Everybody else, this should be something new and interesting, but nobody's really asked. I mean, we got a little bit of that and it, we had that moment where I was like, oh, is this about to happen? When it's like, wait, he has an amulet? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, uh, well, you're not going to ask. You're not going to, you know. No, nobody. <laughs> just do yeah, questions and I'm here. not. And I'm not going to force my character. I just don't, I don't, I'm not going to do something artificial. Right. But it's like, it's right there. Yeah, it's opportunities there. And, you know, we're, we're 10 sessions in. Mm-hmm. We're not at 20. We're not at 50 yet. We're not at 70. But I do feel that be it either story purpose. See, I don't know though. I don't know if there's going to be a, like what? Is some fucking king going to come in and interrogate us one by one in front of each other and make <laughs> us divulge our backstory? Well, I, I, I mean, think it really is up to the people, like the actual players themselves, to be like, you know, I need to, I need to out myself some more. I need to, I've, I, I'm cool with, my character is cool with all these other characters. So I want them all to know about each other. That way, when we do go in these howling battles or whenever, uh, the barbarian really wants us to help him. We really feel the reason why, and not just "Yeah, bro, I'll help you." Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's so. kind of a blessing and a curse, to be totally honest with you. Because yeah. what you don't need is, um, kind of what's happening right now, but on a bigger scale with six different people vying for the individual actions governed by their backgrounds, all trying yeah. to go separate yeah. directions and you know but I, it's better if they kind of trickle in you know what i mean it's more yeah. it, i would yeah. rather have the cleric stuff start developing after this little side quest is over and before we start another one you know that kind of yeah. stuff so that they're not all being pursued all at once yeah Does that right. make sense because i was they, saying uh michael that i have three plot points i'm working on right now you know with you guys uh and that you all actually missed something completely related to a character's backstory um, that I'll have to, you know, hook in later on. Mm-hmm. But I do have one thing I'm working on. Um, it should be a pretty major point in the uh, current arc overall mm-hmm. uh, that hopefully will get some of that background stuff out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that doesn't do it, then it's, I pretty much won't have anything else as far as a DM to help, you know, yeah. push that agenda. And it's really only coincidence that it's going to be something that would even help. You know, it's not yeah. my intention. It's just a possibility. Um, right. Well, that's I mean, all I've, here, here's the thing is that history is good, but you can develop history in the game. You yeah. Know, g- yeah. Game one is history now. And uh, yeah. Hey, remember that time I picked you up off the floor? You know, hey, remember that time you helped me do this thing <laughs> I needed you to help me with? You know, and I'm, yeah. you know, like yeah. I was telling, you know, I, I was telling Mike the other day, I was like, you know, my character now owes everybody a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, I had the, the thief, or Yuri, come up and ask me, hey, you mind helping me out with this? And I was like, yep, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My character was completely agreeable. Like, yep. Well, I'll help you do whatever, whatever you need, man. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to, I, I think I know what you're going at with that one, and I was, I so right at the end of the, of the session, you had asked, uh, and for the audience, the rogue character had done some recon and was trying to basically get, get with this uh, 
basically a shady underground organization and he's trying to do some what what we as the players the people in real life know is basically he's trying to do some some uh tasks for these people to where they go okay you're worthy enough you can come in with us but our characters don't know that because the rogue went out on his own and snuck around and got this information and brought it back well, and I wasn't trying to be a fucking asshole about it. I really was not. I was try- I'm was i trying my best to play the character the way the character was mm-hmm. heard. But the rogue was giving out this information, telling us his plans, blah, blah, blah. And then he just spurts out like, oh, by the way, does anybody want to help me rot and hit- go steal this thing? And I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, I was and like- he, he kept on. Now, I did hear him say, I did hear him say that, you know, this will help me get a better standing with whatever, whatever. And blah blah, and I guess that roundabout leads to this will help us get more information. But I put myself in my character's shoes at the time, and I try to equate this to Adam as best as I could in real life. It, it's the difference in one, me going to Adam out of nowhere and going, "Hey, Adam, you want to help me go steal some shit?" And Adam will go, mm, "No." It's like, "Come on, man! Like, why do you want me to help you steal shit?" Like, well, just to steal it. I, I, I don't. I'm not a thief. I don't just go steal shit, man. And me going, my wife has terminal cancer. I'm going to rob this bank for money. He wouldn't do it. I know that. But I'm saying that that, that there was a reason why. Putting a reason why that make my character Mm -hmm. justify doing it makes him go yes. But if the rogue just walks up to me and goes, hey, bro, you want to come help me steal some shit? I haven't, we, we, we haven't had that favor for favor thing yet. We're still a group of people that's going after a mission for... One, the newest one, because Adam's character asked us to, or in the past, it's been for money. Mm-hmm. So, and if my character is going to get gold, he'll get it other ways. He's not going to steal. He's not some self-righteous asshole, but at the same time, he's not a thief. He doesn't yeah. choose to thief. But with the addition of, yeah, this is going to help me get a higher standing with these thieves, which will help me get way more information that will help this cause. Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm in. I don't, I'm not sure what I can do to help you, but I'll do something. But and that's why I was whenever uh, Chris at the end, you were like, "So, Jowie, is your character doing it?" And I had to specify. I wanted to make sure it was understood that I was going by what his character said. Mm-hmm. And if he did say that, yeah, this is going to help the party for this mission, then yeah, all about it, all about it. Yeah. And <laughs> when I was designing these tasks, you know, for the rogue, um, and this particular mission, you know, it started out as supposed to be something that could be done with one or two people. But as I flushed it out, I was like, if I make this only, you know, work for one or two people, it's not going to be the, you know, task I want it to be. This isn't going right. to be the situation I want it to be. So I'm like, all right, so now it's going to be a group thing. But, you know, most of the people are in the group are various shades of, you know, I may or may not do that, you know, yeah. not totally legal thing. But then yeah. you have a good cleric. Mm-hmm. He's not chaotic neutral like the party. He is chaotic good. Yeah. Uh, or even neutral good, I think. Yeah. So that is something that he would not participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he, he has bowed out of it. And I thought it was interesting the way he did it because he didn't go like, no, I'm, you know, that's wrong and I'm not going to do that. He was like, I wouldn't be useful for that because I'm not sneaky in any way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a good way to approach it. Um, and I have a couple other things I'm hoping he'll do, even though he won't directly participate. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just to have that party dynamic there, but we'll see what he actually does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. things that my my character actually, you know, is pretty good at, and I find myself a lot of the time I don't want to try to, like that last encounter we had, I probably should have held back. Was I really, I didn't mean to, to screw the encounter up the way I did, but I I have I find myself having to like throttle what I'm trying to actually you know do that way other people can do stuff you know what I mean and yeah that makes sense yeah. and it, when it comes to like this stuff like this I'm probably just gonna do exactly what Yuri asked me to do if that yeah. makes sense I'm because uh, I I don't even remember what class that rat thing was. It was where something is all I know. <laughs> what do you mean, what class? Was he like a mage? Was he a fighter? Yeah, they don't rogue? have classes like typical stuff. He's just uh, a were rat. So it's not a race. Um, it's a uh, it's a monster template. Yeah, it's just okay. a were rat. Cool. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, it's too low level to really have a class. You don't really get into that until you get into the higher things other than mages. Because mages specifically yeah. say this is a level, you know, three spellcaster or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing else does that. You only have to go off the abilities. Like, oh, this guy has, uh, uh, what's the thing? You know, three attacks. You're like, okay, well, at that level, he would be a fighter because they get three attacks at that level. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of the things where I'm just not that familiar with 5.0. So I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go, too. Me mm-hmm. neither. It'll come in time, I'm sure. <laughs> But all in all, gen- and just in general, yeah, it was a good session. Can't wait for the next one. Good stuff. It gets better every time, actually. I think you're doing a really good yeah. job at DMing, man. Thanks. Yeah. I honestly mean it. I appreciate that. I, uh, I've i been trying not to stress myself out about it as much, um, hence my, you know, kind of underplanning for this last session. Uh, but I think as I kind of take a step back and just let it naturally come instead of sitting there staring at, you know, my note, uh, my Google document for three hours, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm in the middle of playing a game. I'm like, wait, what if I had this happen? Or, you know, how about I add this to that or take that away or something like that? You know, it comes naturally and it makes it a little bit easier. I will tell you this, the best GMs are always the ones that are having fun running the game. If you burn yourself out and everything's stressing you out, then it's not going to be fun. You're not Mm going to want to run it. And then nobody's going to have fun. So if you're not having fun, nobody's going to have fun. Just think of it that way. Yeah. Um, Also on the D&D side, I'm still watching Critical Role. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I don't see myself stopping. You know, we talked about that a couple of times. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught up on it once there's a bunch of episodes out. I don't see that happening. Um, It's too interesting at this point. Uh, there's too much stuff going on. We're getting these character reveals, the backstory reveals, you know, and mm-hmm. it's really well done. And uh, there was a recent reveal that's actually something that I have in my story. And I'm like, oh, well, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the same way, but it's something yeah. similar to what I'm doing in part of my arc. So I'm like, okay. I see, you know, it's... Uh, if you know they're doing it, I'm all right then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm all caught up on that. You know, I'll be watching it uh, probably in the morning when the next one comes out, or the vod of it when it comes after it, since it's going to be on tonight late. Uh, cool. Yeah. 
Um, so getting into ag- other games, the video games, um, I will save my one and go. I'm not doing these in particular order. Uh, yeah. I picked up Final Fantasy XI again. Oh, oh, wow. I have had the itch to play it <laughs> for probably literally months at this point. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll just log in. You know, why not? So mm-hmm. I hooked hooked my controller back up, opened it up, updated my game. Because my subscription has been active. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying, you know, 70 bucks a month for uh, three accounts. Two, yeah, three accounts. Um, so I should probably, you know, play some. And uh, it was, I, I, <laughs> it's that struggle we've talked about before. You get back into MMO like that, if not playing for a bit, it's like, okay, what should I be doing? Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. everything's changed. But fortunately, yep. even though it's been like a year, it's almost been a year since I played last, things haven't changed that much. At least not for my current uh, level uh, or mm. progress point, I should say, not level. Because mm-hmm. technically I'm max level. Uh, and it's not like, you know, wow, with the ever increasing eye levels, um, the eye level hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, the equipment just gets more powerful. So I'm still 119, which is the max eye level. Well, how would you uh-huh. know if a piece of equipment is more powerful with stats? So you'd actually have to look at the stats. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. This Final Fantasy XI is a game of math, you know, more so than I think pretty much any other MMO. Um, there are people who have put a very, very insane amount of hours into working on DPS spreadsheets and stuff like that, um, where you can literally swap out pieces of gear and it'll tell you, you know, you'll gain this, but you'll lose this, you know, what your overall. Uh, DPS changes are your uh, defensive capabilities and all that. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, see, that's one of the things about WoW that I actually enjoyed being a raider was the uh, they. It's so popular and there's so many people playing it that they have. Uh, was it Ask Mister Robot and uh, uh, Warcraft logs and you know, they have all these different spreadsheets and graphs and bars and comparisons mm-hmm. that you can make and they they pretty much do the same thing but it's highly automated and it's not a uh, you know you have like phone apps and stuff like that for it yeah yeah and, yeah. and uh i mean i can i can completely understand where you're coming from on that yeah. it's just you know that i would absolutely hate to have to do that number crunching myself and i've hats off to you <laughs> yeah yeah play it it's, that's that's some good stuff right there yeah it's been one of those things you know it's and it's painful when the spreadsheets don't get updated with new equipment mm, so i'm in oh there God. typing in all the data myself you know going mm-hmm. okay um mm. which isn't really the bad part the hard part was coming up with all the formulas and stuff you know Oh. Um, I don't know how they are in WoW, but in Eleven, there are some very there are formulas to this day that aren't known. Um, Jesus. There was one recently that was actually revealed to be like it, it was a minor difference, but in the you know calc, in the you know like uh, mechanic calculation world, it's a big deal. It's like two percentages off or two points of a percent off. You know, it's like that's. Not a lot, but when you're calculating down to, you know, decimal points, 2% is a lot. 
Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And it was only revealed because, like, a Japanese developer or somebody made a comment or made a post, you know, describing something, and it finally revealed this one missing piece that, you know, one of the players had went through and done a hundred tests um, or a hundred iterations within a test. And it's like, okay, this is my average. This is what I think it is, you know, plus minus. And apparently that hundred was enough. He needed to do like a thousand to get a real, you know, proper thing. So he was off by like 2%. Ah. Wow. But the time he spent just to get that hundred, because it's not something easily test tested, um, getting anything beyond that hundred, it's like, okay, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah. But it's finally revealed and it's like, okay, now we can completely change the gear related to this thing because we now know the actual percentage. It's no longer a guessing game. And see, here's the mm -hmm. thing that here's the thing that's actually amazing about that because I mean, I've, I've I've done this you know in a very similar way, but if you think about what the, all the math that Chris is talking about is math that we didn't have to worry about in WoW, and we were still trying to calculate out like differences and gaps on like movement during a boss fight and solo target versus cleave versus multiple target aoe damage and if you're doing that just to get to the original number where we started yeah wow that's madness wow that's fucking madness man yeah yeah it's awesome i always like reading through you know the basically math threads not because i care about the math but just looking at the effort they put into it it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so I picked up 11 again and I was like, all right, what am I doing? What was I doing before I left? Because um, last time I played, I hit one of the major uh, milestones for my character, which was uh, for my paladin. I got the Aegis, Aegis shield, um, which is the relic shield, um, which at, you know, tier one isn't all that great anymore, but you know, it's something that I took me 10 years to eventually get. So, um, now, can you explain to me the differences between Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV? Oh, in a uh, in an episode, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, let, let me is go make some bad? notes and um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, all, right. all I'll say is that I prefer eleven over fourteen. Um, mm -hmm. I played fourteen for a while, but it just can't hold me. Mm -hmm. uh, I I can't really point it at one thing in particular that just kills it for me, but it really comes down to it's not the experience 11 gave me. Um, yeah. And to this day, I still have that experience when I play 11. I may not know what the hell I'm going to be doing that day when I log in, but I just like being in the game. You know, the mm -hmm. uh, one big thing for me now, and I've come to realize is that 11 really hooked me because it had the menu driven stuff. It's not just a hot bar, you know, or yeah. something like that, you literally have, you know, a menu like the old school RPGs, the old school Final Fantasies, you know, uh, magic, items, etc. Abilities. Um, so it's more like that. a traditional Final Fantasy than it was like an MMO. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what 14 did and for, for me anyway. There's a lot of quality of life uh look at let's look at 20 other mmorpgs especially world of warcraft and find a lot of things that have that have worked really well a lot mm -hmm. of streamlining i don't want to say homogenizing even though it is there a lot of it's just streamlining and and making more 
MMORPG systems work, where 11 was we're making our own mm-hmm. MMORPG, and we, while there may be things out there done differently and even better, we will refine our shit to be what we want it to be, and it will be better. Yeah, they were like, uh, we're using our own damn formula. Right. Yeah. 14 came along and said, we're going to make this shit as fucking streamlined as possible, and it, I mean, it works. Well, didn't 14 actually go through, like, a complete redesign? Yes, yes it did. Yes, that and is I, where the Realm Reborn comes in. And I'm actually one of the few that preferred the original uh, in most aspects. Because mm-hmm. I, I played from, uh, I told Michael this before, I played from the... Uh, end of the, or no, from the beginning of the open beta in 14. Um, that's actually how I started my website was because the patch uh, application sucked. So I'd go through the pain of downloading the patch and then I upload it to my website for everybody else to download. Um, and I gave instructions on how to apply that, you know, so you could skip connecting to the uh, 14 servers for an update. Uh, which is much better now. I literally took that section off my site because the patch goes so quick, I can't even capture the file. No. I'd have to go in and do some like custom code, you know, remove delete permissions from this folder so that nothing can be removed so I can copy it when it's done. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just don't bother anymore. Um, but yeah, I played from open beta and I played and I didn't have any issues, you know. Uh, there were a couple things I didn't like, like the uh, items had uh, up to like plus three versions and stuff. So you had all these inventory spaces being used and they didn't really serve a purpose. Um, in 11, you have plus versions of items, but they're usually end results, not materials. Um, you know, not to say that they didn't have a purpose in 14, but the inventory didn't support it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Is it still the menu style inventory? No. Because that, that was one of the things that got me about Final Fantasy fourteen. I was looking at it there for a while when me and uh, Mike were talking about it back when I was playing WoW. Um, is it? And that, I thought it was items in a bag, isn't it? Well, I from what I could tell, it was like scroll down. Like, here's the menu. Go down. Like, if you wanted to sell something, you had to click it and go. Like, yeah, you found the 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 toilet paper leaf and you fucking put times 99 beside it and you sold it or you bought it or whatever. Whereas in wow, it's uh you know, it's a grid and then, you know, in the corner it shows you how many, you know, how, how many of that one item inside that grid you have stacked. Yeah. It's totally a grid. It's totally inventory yeah. bag system with grid. Yeah. What it is, is there's multiple pages. I want to say there's four. Yeah. So like when you open the item menu, there's a grid there. And it's like one of four pages, or you can have it displayed to where you open the menu and it shows everything across a huge grid at one mm-hmm. time. Well, maybe I just had the wrong impression of it, I guess. Yeah. It might have been something else. It might have been the uh, the bizarre feature, whatever it's called in 14. Yeah, they might have been selling something at the auction house. because Yeah, because that is a list, something. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a list, and you got to s- sell the quantity in one yeah. by one, yeah. But when you look at just the item, it's, it's, it's a yeah. grid. <clears throat> so I mean, how has Eleven been treating you since you've been back to it? I mean, um, you just, uh, like, is it is it is a bittersweet? Is it excited? Is it? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. I don't think I would. All right, let's have a moment here to talk about something. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh. I'm not an excitable person. I'm. Okay. I'm not like I, Michael, 
where he gets excited about something, you can tell he's excited. Me, I not have that. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I don't get worked up. I'm not jumping around the room. Uh, I don't do any of that. I internalize a lot of my stuff like that. So saying I get excited about something is usually a stretch in anything, you know. Um, so it's, you typically won't hear me use words like that. Um, so 11 wasn't nothing negative going back to it other than not knowing what to do. And uh, I had quickly remembered or when I was trying to think, I was like, I'm just going to go fish. So I went and fished for, you know, 30 minutes while I went through and tried to find my documents that was tracking all the stuff I was doing uh, a year ago. Once I found that, you know, on Google Drive, I was like, okay, that's what I did there. That's what I did there. I was looking through my inventory. I was like, all right, I've got this. I need to do this trial for my other shield I need to get now. Um, the Empyrean shield. Uh, because, you know, the Aegis Relic is the magic defense shield. Well, the O-Chain, which is the Empyrean shield, is the physical defense shield. I'm like, all right, I got the relic. Now I need to get the other one. I'm like, okay. So I fished for a bit and I was like, okay, I've had enough fishing for now. I'll just go work on my O-Chain. I want to see how hard it is, you know, to grind the materials because back in the day, they were a pain. Um, but now with the increase in gear, in addition to the trust system, which is uh, you basically have NPCs that you can fill up your party with. So I took, you know, both my accounts out uh, and filled the other four party slots with NPCs, you know, a couple healers and a couple more DPS. And it was really unnecessary because we murdered everything. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll just grind out these materials for, I think I spent, I think I spent a total of five hours playing, four or five hours playing. And like three of that was grinding these materials. Mm -hmm. And I got up to i got 15 out of 75 technically 16 because i already had one from something but i'm at 16 out of 75 materials wow. i'm like all right i've had enough grinding this so i stopped for the night and then i loaded it up the other day and i did nothing but fish because um, <laughs> i was like i don't feel like doing that grind uh and my fishing is actually a different grind um because one of the first uh epic fishing poles in the game uh which you can buy for really cheap now, but I'm still going to complete the quest because I'm, you know, completionist like that. Um, I'm, it requires you catching 10,000 of a, uh, fish. So I'm at 4,447 right now. Um, Good God. So I've got a ways Almost to go. Almost halfway there, man. Yeah. And believe it or not, like a third of what I've caught was, uh, between this last week and probably the last month I played before I quit this last time. Well, damn. Um, Cause I just, they, so they changed the fishing system a while back to be an interactive one. Um, but then I've made some subtle changes to it since then. Uh, so I don't even have to hit a button now, uh, to actually catch the fish on my main character. What I was doing was I had both my characters down there which my main has decent fishing. I mean, to catch these fish, you cap out at 10, a uh, level 10 uh, fishing skill. My main character is like 50 something, 53 fishing, I think. <laughs> and my alt is, was three when I started. I think she's up to six uh, fishing now. But I would just launch the rod on myself, switch to the other window, 
have my alt fish and actually do the little mint fishing mini game to, you know, catch the fish on her. And all I had to do was switch back to me when the uh, bar, you know, dropped automatically, catch the fish on me and just go back to that one. So, you know, I had this little system going and they have it limited to where you actually can catch 200 things a day on a character. Well, so that's not too bad then. No, but I hit it on myself. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm done fishing with myself. So I just, <laughs> I literally sat, did the city emote with my main, you know, sitting there and just fished on my alt until I got bored of it. Yeah. That was it. Um, so I haven't done a whole lot. I mean, I, and it was funny, I actually bought the fishing rod I'm working to get for my alt to use. Because um, back in the day, it was millions and millions of gill. Um, but there's a chest that was added to the game, uh, a gobby, a special well, the chest is a gobby chest, but then there's a special dial on it that can give you just about any item in the game. Um, and people are getting the Lusheng's fishing rod out of it. So mm. what was once millions of millions of gill is now 600. I got mine for 700,000 mm. uh, gill. I was like, okay. I mean, I have like 6 million. So my alt had over 2 million at that point. I was like, my alt can afford it. That'll be hers. You know, I'll earn mine on my main character. Yeah, but I'll have her yeah. fish with it. And turns out it's not even super useful as for fishing for the quest. Because um, it wouldn't catch the fish. It kept trying to catch other things because the type of rod you use determines what fish you catch. Um, and the Lushangs is a wooden rod, a natural rod. Uh, the other one I use is a synthetic rod. Uh, you know, made out of carbon fiber and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the carbon fiber rod is actually better than the six hundred thousand gill one that I bought wow. for. Her. So I was like, okay, <laughs> nice to know. Um, nice thanks, little kick game. in the balls right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it might. It, Final Fantasy, fuck yous with this yeah. guy. <laughs> it technically might be better if she was higher level, but because she's only like level six fishing now, it's more of a hindrance. If I put it on my main and used it, it would probably not have that issue. Yeah. Um, but I got the very frustrated. I snapped my rod like four times. I was like, okay, I'm being stupid about this. Because I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was just like, okay, bar's empty, hit the button. Oh, your rod broke. And it's like, yeah, if I'd read the chat log, it would have said, oh, you have a terrible feeling about this. That's the hint. Don't reel it in. Yeah. You know, let it go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, it's a nice little chill thing um, to hop into 11 because I can at least be productive in some way. Uh, and even if I'm not, I enjoy the music, the atmosphere of the game so much. That's oh, fine. Yeah. Hold I'll on. just leave it open and listen to it while I'm doing something else. Does that mean you can break that legendary fishing rod? Yeah, you can. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. There's a uh, little side quest you can use to fix it, so it's not difficult to fix. Okay. Um, I thought it was just like done. As soon as you broke it, you get it. Five seconds later, you misclick, and it's gone. You totally... I mean, it, it doesn't... So when things break, they don't disappear. Okay. You get a broken version. So like I said, I broke those four rods. One of them I'd repaired twice at that point. You know, I sent, I have an alt with uh, alchemy leveled. And for the synthetic rods, you use alchemy to fix it. So I just mailed them over to my alt, fixed them, mailed them back. That's good. That's good. Okay. I'm, see, I don't yeah. know the system, but they, they just sounded awful to me. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rip. Yeah. And there's <laughs> a uh, mythic rod um, that... You know, I'll get, after I get Lu Shang's and then get my fishing skill up, uh, I'll work towards the Mythic Rod. And then there's a plus one version of the Lu Shang's Rod now, which I didn't even know about. So I'm like, okay, so I have even more stuff to do with fishing. And that's, you know, 
I don't have to go sit there and grind my shield out. I can just fish. I have so much stuff to do with fishing. It's just, you know, I'm limited to 200 a day. If I wasn't limited to 200 a day, I'd probably finish a lot quicker because um, I'd be able to sit there and fish. And that's, it's so easy to do and do other stuff. Yeah, I've actually got a fishing-related story, too. That was one of the things I was working on was actually a rod uh, when I right when I left Wow, They came out with, mm. like, the one of the few times they actually came out with a fishing rod. I didn't end up <laughs> completing that one. Uh, but prior to that, they were giving away a uh, – there was a faction rep quest that you could do, and you'd actually get a water mount, mm-hmm. which – for progressive raiders, you want to have because whenever you start a new, whenever they launch a new expansion in WoW, you're not allowed to fly there, so you have to run yeah. around on the ground. Well, right. A lot of the time, when you're running around on the ground, you come to natural obstacles like uh, rivers and lakes and stuff like that, and that can really mm-hmm. impede your progress, make you have to walk the long way around and complete a quest or whatever, or you know, swim at a quarter of the speed. Well, having a water mount means that you can run straight across the top of the water. It's yeah. like a little little water bug. So I sat there. Uh, it was the last couple of weeks before the, uh, I want to say it was Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. And I, I sat there and ground out fishing rep for these freaking fishermen <laughs> so I could get this damn mount to so I wouldn't have to like you know, run around the, the lakes and the rivers and all that kind of stuff. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised that the left, I'm talking about 12 hour days of fishing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, Oh God, what are you doing? Fishing. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't, and I, and I was starting from like, I just kind of piddle fucked around with fishing. My fishing skill was like a 12, out of mm-hmm. out of seven hundred, oh, so I was like, "Yeah, I don't really fish, but I need to max out my fishing right now." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, taught me not to level up every single one of my skills. Yeah, every time, and that's something mm-hmm. I've been working on, you know, over time. And uh, eleven is actually different in a lot of ways from other MMOs in that you can't have every skill at a hundred. You can have one at 100 and then every other one at 60. Um, they did recently change it to where fishing can be at 100 because it's not technically a craft. Um, mm-hmm. So you can have, you know, like my my main has cooking 100 and we'll have fishing 100. Um, and the other ones I don't really care about because unless they're a subcraft because I have an alt for every craft, um, which is why I pay 75 bucks a month for Final Fantasy XI when it's 12 bucks per account, you know. Because I have, my main account has, I think, 14 characters on it. And each one of those is a dollar after the first. Um, because I want to be able to do every craft. Uh, and there are various levels. You know, I, when I get really bored and I don't know what to do, I'll hop on an alt, send it like 100,000 gil and go, okay, you have 100,000 gil to get as far as you can. Uh, and then I'll come back, you know, when I have money to blow. Uh, which right now I really do and I really should level them all up now that I have the chance. But... I'm not there yet. I'm not bored enough to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, final thing I'll say about Final Fantasy, uh, about 11 is that still love it. Still great. Um, oh, yeah. It'll always, always have a charm. It'll always have a charm place in my heart, no matter what. It's always good to have that one game you can just go back to at any time. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Yep. I'll always have my stock. Always. <laughs> Last stock. <sighs> fucking. fucking <laughs> mm. I don't get the joke. It's see. There's, there's a ranking that, system. That, yeah. Every week. Uh, go ahead, Michael. Uh, I, again, and I'm only talking from like a, a fucking 2004 or five knowledge of this game. Okay, but back in the day, the there's there were three main cities, four mm-hmm. if you count Juno, but there were three main cities in the game, and there was pride from players, respect for their for their respective city where yeah. they started out at, and this was before the PvP shit made it like, okay, we represent because our fucking rank is there because our city is winning the big battles. This was just fucking general. I was born in Bastok. I love this city. Well, I was born in Sandorio. We are we have the, the high-class L's. Yeah, well, we have the fucking workers. Yeah, well, we're cat people from, from what was it, Wind- Windio? Wind- Windhurst. Windhurst, yeah. Tar- well, you're, Tar-us. You're, Y'all are just fucking tree huggers. Nobody cares about you. There was always <laughs> this like city rivalry that stemmed from nothing mm-hmm. but just pride in where you came from. And I always love that. It's it's still a running yeah. joke for me to this day. 14 had it. Yeah, but 14 had a heavy emphasis on PvP. So it was, you know, hey, we're our fucking city's top because we're the top PvP rank right now. Our city is undefeated our flag is undefeated for five months. So that's kind of more manufactured and the, the original right. was more organic, I guess. Yeah, this yeah. is more like, you know, I was born in this fucking brick and mortar labor intensive area, this dusty area. I love my city and it's, well, we came from basically a fucking castle, so mm-hmm. we're better than you, yeah. fucking elven bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my main's an elven, so. Yep, and mine was Bestoke. I still have yep. my t-shirts to this day. Oh, yeah. Um, what's good man I'm glad yeah. glad Final Fantasy 11 is still treating you good yeah it's nice like Adam said nice to have that game you can go back to no matter what and it's you know still got that appeal mm-hmm. um, so the biggest game I played this week and one I know you're uh, waiting to hear about uh, is Detroit Become Human yes <sighs> yes because and I'm totally not not to steal your week I just I need to get this out I was in GameStop recently, and this game was in my hand, and I thought about picking it up. All I had to do was take it to the counter and buy it. But I know David Cage games. I know how they go. And it's nothing, just like I said last episode, it's nothing to do with, I I am not worn out on quote-unquote cinematic video games. If this Mm -hmm. is nothing but point and click, I'm fine with that. I'm good with Choose Your Own Adventure. It's just... I don't. I'm so nervous about getting burned with sixty dollar brand new game. Yeah. And I've taken it so far back to where like two best friends are playing through it right now. I've watched two episodes. I've stopped. Giant Bomb had a quick look where they went through like the first two two like sessions. I've quit. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm not looking at anything else. I'm now using you and what <laughs> little bit I choose to see as a barometer of mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's worth sixty. Go pick it up or mm, no, nah, it's a David Cage game again, man. You're <laughs> yeah, based based on what I've seen. There are two major camps for this game, you know, mm-hmm. and of course they fall into those that like it and those that don't, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what it comes down to, uh, before I get into the details, you know, about the game itself, uh, it took me 
10 and a half hours to do a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, there are multiple endings by some calculations up to like 30. Um, but I think there's probably like four major endings, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all based on decisions you make. So if you would be okay at the, at the most base level of acceptability, if you would be okay with a 10 and a half to 11 hour experience, um, for your $60, then straight up, it's worth it. I would say yes, if that experience was worth it. The, I thought the experience was so good. Um, and it's not like we talked about God of War and it being an experience. It's not a God of War type experience. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> that, yeah, I know, right? That's on its own fucking it, level. It doesn't stick up to the game of the year. Before, before you get away from this, let me just ask a question. Yeah. Is that 10 hours of a single playthrough or 10 hours of I beat it multiple times? No, that's one playthrough. Ten and a half hours took me from start to finish. And how many times do you think you could actually get through it before it got old? Going through um, all the different options and all that. I'll get into that when I get into the mechanics a little bit. Okay. Um, because there are, you can do several playthroughs. It all depends on how you approach it. Um, but that 10 and a half hour experience, I thought was really good. Um, and personally for me, I thought it was worth the money. Um, but I, I won't say that it wouldn't be okay to wait for it to drop in price some i think that would be totally acceptable for this game um i think it's an experience that you can experience later and it won't be no world ending you know if you don't play uh god of war until next year you're missing out you know you don't play the detroit become human for six months okay not a huge deal um but let me switch back to my other page or notes um the game is essentially nothing but quick time events. Um, and when the game starts out, uh, it actually tells you on one of the first screens, it says, you know, choose a difficulty, casual or experienced. And it tells you in the description of that, if you play on casual, you will have less of a chance of your character to die or a character to die, not yours, because there's multiple characters. But it actually warns you, characters will die or can die. Um, so I played on the experience difficulty. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was a mistake. Um, on a first playthrough of this game, I would tell everyone, play on casual. And there's one reason for this. Not to make it easier, not to avoid character death. But there's nothing more infuriating than having a character die because of stupid motion controls. Damn. The motion controls don't work well. It's like, okay, move your controller to the right. Okay, I'm saying you're shaking it back and forth, back and forth, and find the register on like the fourth shake of it. It's like, okay, thanks, finally. I had a character die because of this stupid control. That's no no good. Now, how much control like that was in this game? Was it was it like a fucking deal breaker amount or just enough to be annoying? It it wasn't. I, I, I still won't say it's a deal breaker amount, but it put me over the edge when I lost a character to it. And that was near the end of the game. 
Well, damn, you're a pretty composed guy. That seems like it'd be hard to do. They must have really got at you. Oh, yes. It was It was a very important character. Not one of the main characters, because there are considered three main characters in the game. It wasn't one of those three. But it was a side character, very important to the plot. I just imagine and, you walk into a room full of ten people, and you keep trying to do the same like motion check over and over, and they're all just dropping dead. It's like, essentially, please, that please is almost... Them. That is almost identical to what actually happened. Yes, you get like four or five chances and they were all motion controlled. And it's just like, nope, you fail. Nope, you fail. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying. Oh, I'm doing it. Man. I'm doing it. I want my person to live. And then it's like, boom, dead. I'm like. <sighs> so, so sorry. Move yeah. on. So I urge everyone to play through on casual on your first playthrough. Um. Because you, there is technically you know a best ending uh, that you can get, um, and yeah, I didn't get it. You know, I got most of it. I got the good ending, but I didn't get the best ending um, because I still in motion controls. Um, the The game looks great most of the time. Um, there's a little bit of discrepancy, and it, it wasn't apparent at first, but the longer I played the game, the more it jumped out at me. But the the levels and the graphics when it's like bringing you into an area or you're exploring an area are often really good. And the character models are usually really good. But every once in a while, you'll get a scene where it's like, this something's off about this, and you're like, wait, my character seems to be... Not as, not as nice looking. Um, hmm. and I, don't, I don't know if that's something that, you know, having HDR would fix, but I don't because of uh, um, streaming. I don't have a mm-hmm. setup that can support HDR uh, after being split. Uh, I don't even know if my monitor supports it, to be honest. Not the one I'm using right now. I think my other one does. But it had a little bit of a graphic thing, but there are, levels that just look gorgeous um there's a character a stage early on that you know there's a rainstorm going on so it's at night and all the thunders hit or the lightning's hitting and the lighting effects the rain patter and everything all that it just builds the scene so well yeah i noticed that through uh the two best friends when they were playing through they did like uh, their first episode and they 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 pointed out specifically uh, you're on like a rooftop, and uh, I think it's part of the demo too. So it's not even a spoiler, but you're on a rooftop, and there's a helicopter flying by, a police helicopter, and as it flies closer to the building, it starts like the wind effects hits everything. It starts pushing the water in a, in, a, in a certain direction. It starts blowing all the canopies, the 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 umbrellas on the roof, the 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 plants, every the clothing on the people that are on the roof, like it, and you can yeah. see it as it moves around in in strikingly good detail. I love that shit attention. like that. I love. I love, I that love attention. it. I'm so all about attention to detail. Yeah, and that goes into the experience I talked about. It's such a great experience, you know. Even though it's mostly quick time events, um, you're still making decisions. You know, your quick time events aren't always, you know. X, X, circle, triangle, you know, it's sometimes, okay, well, what, how do you want to approach this person? You know, do you want to be nice? Do you want to be mean? Do you want to be, you know, respectful? Do you want to be sympathetic? You know, how are you approaching the situation? And what you choose determines your next branch. 
Yeah, um, that kind of sounds that, like a telltale game a little bit. It is. It's essentially a, uh, it's like the next evolution of telltale games. Essentially yeah, is yeah. what I've heard it uh, put as. Is this the same like, guy that made Indigo Prophecy? No clue. I I don't know. He made that one. I know he made uh he made Beyond Two Souls. Hmm. Uh, he made that. Uh, he I'll uh go ahead, Chris. I'll find out some details here. Okay. Um, the uh, the, there are so many options, you know, and all those lead to things happening. Every single option determines something happening, pretty much all the time. David um, Cage. You can actually, yeah, David Cage. Yeah, yeah. So he did. Same, same director guy, I guess, huh? Okay. Oh yeah, and Heavy Rain too. That was the main one I yeah. was thinking of. Um, and you can actually pause the game at any point. It shows you this at the end of uh, what I call acts or chapters. Uh, you have a flow chart, and it shows you every decision you made and how many alternate timelines there are based on other choices. Um, so on the first one, the first like little tutorial thing, um, I'm not sure if you watched it at E3 last year, Adam, uh, where they were on the roof doing the little scene, saving the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. I think that's the only part of it I've actually seen. Yeah. That, you. that sequence has six endings to it. Yeah. I think wow. they showed, I think they showed that in the trailer. They were like, yeah. they showed, they him, showed like, a couple of them. And he, Walks up and he's just like, yeah, no, I'm just going to toss the girl off right now. And then one so, he, like dove at the guy. And mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Chris, is that so not only do the different like we'll say set pieces have different endings, but there is a large overarching story that has multiple endings, too. Yes. That's there are scenes incredible. you never see if you don't make certain decisions. That's. Um, that's pretty incredible. That's a lot of fucking replay value right there. Yeah. Not for just oh, I get to I get two sentences that are different. No, I could potentially have a whole another character show up or something. And that, oh, yeah. that's what I was asking about is if it, if it's ten hours to just get through the game, how many do you think you're gonna have replaying the game? I think I know, that's gotta be I another think, like forty hours, right? It depends what kind of playthroughs you're going for. Um, I personally want to fill out the flow chart completely. Um, but I won't, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I think there are like, I know there's kind of two main uh, ways that I personally would play. And then after that, it's just kind of experimenting. Um, because when I went through my playthrough, I went through essentially playing the good guy. You know, anytime I had a choice between hurting someone or, you know, letting them go or saving them or, you know, whatever the quote unquote good choice was, I went with. So I had people get injured because I refused to, you know, kill this innocent or hurt this innocent. Um, I saved people. I chose not to, you know, kill people. And later on, they showed back up and that impacted my story. Um, You can... There are elements where you'll save this person and then later on they'll save you. If you didn't save them early on, you have to have another way of getting out of that situation. Um, And it gives this really awesome dynamic to it. And like I said, that experience where every decision you make comes back in some way. There's some reflection of it. That is so awesome. I love when people and I, I, I will always gush about games that decide to 
and explore new territory when it comes to gameplay. No. That's my favorite thing. That's one of the reasons I like indie games is because they're more willing to take... You, every once in a while, you'll see a triple-A game take these kind of risks. And God bless them when they do. But, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you tell the way yeah. that this story works, and I'm like, oh, man. Now I'm kind of excited. I kind of want to play this game, yeah. Yeah, and the other gameplay I'm going to go through is essentially, you know, we are your robot overlords, you know. The yes. first one, I was a good guy. I was a good android. I was the peaceful android. I, you know, protested peacefully. I didn't do any unnecessary harm. I did my best to present myself in a way the public would like and a support because you actually have a public opinion rating throughout the game. And your decisions determine how much the public is behind you or against you. Um, and like I said, I did the good playthrough. So by the end of it, I had, I want to say the best possible public rating you could have. So I had the public on the side. So, you know, the government's like, oh, I guess we have to give in, you know, or it's like, will they give in, you know, to the public type thing. And uh, the next real playthrough, you know, not just trying to fill in the blanks I would do would be, like I said, oh, robot overlords, you know, violence, anarchy, we are your masters, you know, bow down to us. We're the superior race now. Let me um, ask you this, Chris. Yeah. Just to, to put it in a placement for the audience, because I remember mm -hmm. I've, there's quite a there's quite a few times we've already boasted like the PS4 is such a good fucking console to go to this this fucking generation. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Bloodborne, we got Persona Five, we got God of War. That's just three big fucking in your face. You stop what you're doing, games. I can think of right off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Do you think Beyond? You think Detroit is is in there somewhere? Um, Maybe a little below. I. As far as a holy shit PlayStation Four game, yes. I think it's an honorable mention. That's pretty. Still pretty good. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to put it up on a pedestal with God of War or even Persona not a, Five. Not a system seller, but a no. good, but a good game on that system. Yeah. A good exclusive. Yeah. If you if have you, a PS4, if you got it, get it. Yeah. yeah. Might as well. Um, yeah. And like I said, if you want to wait for it to drop a little in price, totally understandable. Um, but I, if you are okay, like I said, with that first playthrough, ten and a half hours to eleven hours, um, if you're okay with that for your money. Go for it. Um, if you think you're going to play two playthroughs, like I said, at least two um, that I want to do good versus evil, you know, type thing. Then, you know, you're getting potentially 20 hours, 22 hours mm -hmm. out of your $60. Mm -hmm. And then if you're going to go through and do more stuff than that, then you're getting, you know, more of your money's worth. Um, now, my issue and why I haven't picked the game back up since I did my 10 and a half hours was after those 10 and a half hours, I went through and I go, okay, I want to fill out the flow chart for the introduction mission completely. I want every question mark unlocked. And it went well for the most part, except the... So after you beat the game, you can go back to the main screen, and instead of starting a new story, you can actually load a checkpoint. And that checkpoint can be the beginning of a chapter or a checkpoint in the middle. Um, or at various points. Like the first one only has the starting checkpoint and then one in the middle so you only have two options when the first one so i went through and the first half of it you know i got all this stuff pretty much in two mm -hmm. tries um but then the second half has several branches and there are 
question marks you can only fill in if I put my phone on silent, so it's quit making a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> that you can only get if you make very specific decisions. And I have two question marks on that first mission, uh, our first chapter. I cannot uncover. I even went hmm. to the point of looking up a guide for it. And they're like, yeah, make these two decisions and you'll get these question marks. I'm like, okay, cool. I did it several times, didn't get them. I'm like, okay, obviously missing something. Let me go to YouTube, find a guide. All right, found a guide. All right. When that prompt comes up, choose that. Okay. 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 I don't see that prompt. Mine's different. Why is mine different? Hmm. There's so many choices in this game that guides for this are not reliable at this point. Wow. Now, that that's a negative, but it's also a plus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it shows the level of detail and, you know, how much stuff impacts it because I'm literally following a guide, mm-hmm. but I... There must have been something I did on the first half of the chapter that changed the second half. You know, and there are yeah. there are obvious decisions like, oh, if I pick up this gun, I have the option, you know, to shoot him at some point. You if I don't pick up the gun, him. yeah, that's not going to happen. So it's like, okay, those are obvious choices you make that impact it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with that. But it's like, is there a dialogue option I missed? Is there something I didn't do in the first part that I should have to get this dialogue option? You didn't compliment Sally's hair, then, you know, she's not gonna, you know, show up to tell this other guy to show up somewhere else three chapters from now. So you don't get this option anymore. It's frustrating because like the option that the YouTube video had is one I've seen before. I just don't know how to get to that point. So I'm so frustrated. And that's where I stopped and I haven't picked it back up because I'm like, I know I'm going to get frustrated because I... My objective is to fill in the blanks, and that's not happening. Um, the other thing, and this is getting into some of the negatives about the system, uh, which is totally after I beat the game, so you know, it didn't <laughs> didn't matter my first ten and a half hours. This is only because I'm going back and trying to complete stuff. Yeah. But the the checkpoint system, you have to go back to the main screen to load reload a checkpoint. So instead of just being able to go back and you know, kind of use what's in memory already to reload quicker you have to completely unload the level reload the level and then proceed which when you're playing through the game load times aren't bad in general but when you're loading from the title screen in that's all fresh you know there's nothing you can do on the back end to hide that you know or Mm -hmm, hidden loading mm -hmm. so to speak excuse me so that was dragging things out um, trying to think. Yeah, just not being able to reload a checkpoint was such a killer for me. Um, trying have to you, fill in these blanks. Have you tried going back one checkpoint earlier than you had been attempting to do it from? No, not yet. Because I had did I did stuff in a specific order on that first checkpoint, so I didn't want to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably going to have to go back and redo the very from the beginning essentially oh, do everything in there and then go to that checkpoint and then hope it's there uh, i don't think it's there i think it uh it might honestly be because i have the gun and the playthrough i was watching didn't have the gun so that shouldn't change those dialogue options because i didn't get to that point yet um so i'm like okay whatever um the guy, when you're talking to him in that scene, has a percentage, uh, which is your percentage of success. 
And as it gets lower, he's more likely to, you know, throw the girl off. Uh, so I don't know if there's a specific percentage range he has to be in. Because that's totally a thing, you know, to get the good ending of that, so to speak. You have to have a high enough percentage. Right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So, and there are one of the question marks I haven't gotten yet, not the one I'm, you know, specifically thinking of or talking about that isn't working. Uh, but the other one is you have to have some middle ground where you're like trying to gain his trust, but then you fail, which is different than just failing. It's like, okay, so I have to make certain decisions or choose certain dialogue options to, you know, build up enough trust and then shoot him down or, you know, wa- uh, waver back and forth between us. Like, okay, this is extremely complicated. I'm following dialogue guides. It's not working. So, yeah. And I only imagine it getting worse later on because the first scene, like I said, six endings, that's nothing compared to some of the later ones. There are entire arcs, like, if you make certain decisions, you're, uh, you're, uh, what you call it, the, uh, God, what I just call it, the thing, the uh, flow chart. The flow chart will be like on your screen, and that's it. But up above it, the path you didn't take, goes on for two more screens wow you can literally miss two-thirds of a chapter by making certain decisions Um, if 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 one of the three characters dies you potentially miss a third of the game (laughs) i like this yeah again bad but good yeah yeah i was lucky that my character that died was a side character and didn't take a whole lot out i think i'm at the end of it, my flow chart around that event had like the same point on the timeline, you know, two different timelines above each other uh, or one above the other. And they were, you know, the same amount of stuff happening. It was just whether or not that character was there. Wow. Um, and I actually missed the achievement because that character died. There's an achievement for getting there with nobody dying. So I missed it because I one stupid motion control. So... Yeah, so overall, really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, 10 half hours for the main experience, and it is an experience. Uh, gorgeous game. You know, up to Good you whether stuff. or not that's worth it. It sounds worth it to me. But yeah. I mean, I'll also encourage anybody if if this if anything of this sounds interesting, just both Giant Bomb and Two Best Friends. As of right now, I mean, if, if this is like two years, it's all, the whole thing has been done. But uh, Giant Bomb has a quick look, and I know Two Best Friends has the first episode of their playthrough, and their first episode is about an hour long. I mean, that'll give you a solid fucking ground for visual story, the way the game is set, the pacing, and all that. And that's I mean, what they're there for. So I, sure. I did stream the whole game. You know, Saturday. Oh, yeah. So I've got 11 and a half hours worth of gameplay on my Twitch. Mm-hmm. Can they watch you miss that little motion control over and over again? And oh, yeah. Throw the I controller actually, at the wall. I actually forgot I need to go back and uh, <laughs> um, so it's a highlight on my channel. And I can point out, you know, specifically at the moment where the game made me hate my life for a moment. <laughs> This is um, the moment where I broke my controller. Yeah. See, I, I don't do that. Like I said, I don't get really excited about stuff. I don't, also don't get really angry. So I don't, you know, like, rage out and stuff. And the game, I, I'll say this, you know, I waffle back and forth between even using my microphone on stream a lot of times, depending on the game mm-hmm. um, and whether or not anybody's watching at the time. 
But with Detroit Become Human from the start, I was like, I'm just listening to the dialogue. I don't have anything to say, so I just kept my mic muted for the entire thing because I didn't want to talk over anything. Yeah, because there's, I mean, it's dialogue story heavy. Oh, yeah. It is a narrative. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't like about it is it's essentially just a narrative. It's a, you know, QTE. It's not a, a lot of people saying it's not a game. It's just a, you know, visual novel, essentially. I'm uh, fine with that. It's, yeah. it's an experience. You're playing a really good movie with a good story that has multiple branching uh, story yeah. elements and endings. So, yeah, I'm good with I it. I mean, you know, Heavy Rain wasn't that much different. You you, you have to go into it. It's such a fucking ignorant thing to say because you've got to go into that game knowing what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. If you just have never heard of these games, which there are many type, there are many, many versions of this type of game. You can't go in here thinking, man, I'm about to pick up fucking Devil May Cry 4 style. Like, this is what I'm about to get into action. Or I'm picking up God of War. Or, hell, I'm picking up fucking a Persona or RPG. This is its own type of thing. Yeah. And the 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 overall looking down from above mentality of these games are, I'm basically pressing left or right and pressing another button. I'm, I'm just making decisions and I'm watching the movie continue to play. Mm-hmm. If you go into this 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 game with that mentality, you're not going to be upset. Yeah. But if you pick this up just because you hear it's five out of five and ten out of ten and so graphics are great and you're like, yeah, I'm a video game and you get home and you're like, man, there's no action. Well, that's on you. That, that, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Spoilers for Indigo Prophecy, but if you want action, same director. <laughs> it turns straight up into Dragon Ball Z at the end of that freaking game. <laughs> it goes from being like some normal dude framed for murder, and then he's like, dragon, dragon, fight the dragon. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and he's, there's like duking it out with fucking key waves and shit. Yeah, it's awesome. It's also completely out of left field, so it leaves everybody like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last game I played this week, and this is getting into the new stuff I saw you I want to talk about. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, neither of you are interested in Pokemon, correct? Um, I, I, I mean, have, go ahead. I have played a Pokemon. I don't hate them, but I don't okay. really follow them either. And I played them, uh, actually, in high school, I played through a couple of the original ones, and I I just got my fill of them. Mm-hmm. I will say that uh, there have been some offshoots that I have loved to fucking death, like Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's a fucking obvious that. one. Yeah. Um, and if they were to... If they were to make, like, a remake, or like a... Because, I mean, everything's getting fucking upgraded and updated yeah. these days. Uh, sure, man. Depending on the price and if I'm in the mood for it, I would not see myself not going through a fucking beautiful 3D style Pokemon game. All but right. I'm the same way. I haven't followed it. Man, I haven't played that shit since high school, and I'm so out of the Pokemon loop. All right. So remind me after I finish talking about the Pokemon stuff that I want to make a deal with you. Okay. 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 Um, so I, before I get into what I played, there was a Pokemon event a couple nights ago um i think it was the 28th of may uh, 2018 mm-hmm. for those listening in the future um they announced three pokemon games 
Okay. Now, this is excellent news. Obviously, new more Pokemon. You know, we've been waiting with the Switch. There's been rumors about a new core Pokemon game coming to Switch. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the first time a core game being on a console, um, which is the core game for Pokemon is not coming to Switch until 2019. That's not too far away. That's still pretty yeah. good. That's still mm-hmm. great news. Not a lot known about it. I mean, and by not a lot, I mean nothing aside from it's coming next year. The They released a game for the Switch two nights ago oh, called... Oh, wow. No, don't get excited yet. Okay. Um, called excited anymore. Pokemon Quest. Now, Pokemon Quest is what I'll describe simply as a mobile game. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think of when you think of mobile games? You have some sort of energy stamina thing that you have to rely on to do anything, and you have to come mm-hmm. back and wait for it to recharge. And you have microtransactions. Uh, Both um, of those are in Pokemon Quest. Now, yeah. on Quest, top of that... Pokemon Quest for more money. Exactly. And you know what they called it? They didn't call it a... a they didn't call it free-to-play. They called it free-to-start. Oh... Ooh. Oh, they ain't even lying to you. No, they did not sugarcoat. I heard that and I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting into before I ever turn on the game. Because they are just straight up blunt, free to start. Um, So, not only that, but it is a uh, voxel type game. Being a, not quite Minecraft level of graphics, but you also blocky. So your Pokemon are blocks, essentially. And it's it looks atrocious. Um, I have played it. I'm still technically playing it. I just have my switch on the charger right now just because I want to, I want to see how it goes. I want to see how, how good it is long-term, you know, if you suffer through the stamina buildup. Uh, cause I, I play a lot of mobile games. I know Michael doesn't. I don't know if you do or not, Adam. I do. I do. I've got a couple that I play. Okay. Yeah, so there, you know, there are good mobile games that even though you have to wait on stamina, that's fine. You know, it's still good. Um, so I'm, you know, playing through this, trying to determine whether or not it's there, and um, I don't know yet. Uh, it's not a, it's not a very complicated game. I mean, you essentially control a party of three Pokemon running around a so you have a world map kind of a level selector and each level has stages mm-hmm. so you know one 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 two one three and then one four is the boss or whatever how many number of levels there is um and you go in and your three pokemon automatically run towards whatever enemies are on the stage at the time or on the level whatever you want to call it and you tap the moves you want to use on each Pokemon. Some Pokemon have one move, some have two, you know. This um, seems like, this seems very similar to a, another style of game that I've played before that was a mobile game. I'm not surprised. Um, there's not really a whole lot unique about this uh, other than this Pokemon. Um, your three, you can, like I said, you can control what moves you're using, um, all the Pokemon mechanics apply as far as weaknesses and uh, whatnot. Um, the stab, not stab chart, the uh, weakness chart, whatever that's called. Uh, that might be stab as well. Um, anyway, uh, 
It, but it's different in that instead of having all the stats your Pokemon normally has, you only have hit points and attack. So it's a little different. It kind of simplifies the stat uh, process, which for me, I'll admit, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm not smart enough for Pokemon stats. If you're smart enough for that Final Fantasy stats, I'm pretty sure you're smart enough for the, the Pokemon, Pokemon stats. stats are ridiculous. There are all these charts. They're the type weaknesses. And it was fine in like Gen 1. You know, there's like 10 types, you know, 10 Pokemon types. They're literally like 25 now. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's super effective, what's only half effective, what's three quarters effective. And then you have dual types, so you have to go, okay, well, this first type is strong against it, but then its other half, its other secondary type is weak against it, so it bounces out to be a one, you know, or they're both weak, so it's double weak. You know, all these things, and that's not even getting into, like, all the stat stuff. Like, you have these IVs, EVs, uh, not just the Pokemon EV, but uh, additional hidden stats that you don't even see on screen, and you breed out, you know, the best stats and all this. So there's a whole world... You got this, stats man. You got, you got I'm not, this. No, I'm not I got, even I got faith it. in you, man. You got you got this. The amount of time <laughs> it would take me to do that, I'm not doing it. Jake, um, you know you want to do it. You know no, you want to do it just for the mobile game. No. Um, well, the mobile <laughs> game doesn't have it, so it doesn't matter. I'm just messing with you. But uh, I'll let the kids deal with that. That'll be their thing. They're smart enough to do that. I don't have the time. They have the time. Um, I have too many other games to play. Um, but it's also why I suck at a lot of the Pokemon games now. Um, I brute force my way through, you know, it's like, all right, I'm not strong enough. I'll go grind until I am. I'm not going to worry about my party composition. I have what I like. I have some good moves. If they're not good enough, I need to grind some more. Um, but yeah, so Pokemon quest, uh, you can actually set on auto. So when you start a level, your Pokemon will automatically use their moves. They're very stupid about what moves they use. Um, I'm fighting water stuff and my Charmander is sitting there spamming its fire attack for like no damage. I'm like, idiot, scratch it. You know, any other level, it'll use scratch instead of fire. You know, begin scratch. It's like, okay, I'm going to scratch it. Use your fire, idiot. You know, burn grass. Makes sense. Um, so the AI isn't very smart. Um, the the Your Pokemon will also run in to dangerous spots. Like, oh, this enemy's jumping up. And it's going to land on us. Let's all run under it. Or it's like it jumps up and it would completely miss. And they all run under it. It's like, okay. Is so that really? That's the game trying to get you to add another quarter. That's the game trying to get you to unpause <laughs> and that, actually control it. That's that That's that, uh, that's that uh, arcade mentality. You remember the old coin out theory mm-hmm. where it was like, let me just make this game as hard as possible so that you have to yeah. dedicate more whatever to it. And like I said, it makes it so you unpause or unauto it because there are there is a button that will actually scatter your team. They'll all run in opposite directions, which is pretty <laughs> cool. And it's a pretty good mechanic, but they don't do it on auto. So this AOE move is going to smash them and they just all run in. And if I see it, I can go get on auto or go back to manual, uh, run all over the place and not put it back on auto. So they just immediately run back in and start doing attacks again. Are you able to um, kind of like pause the combat, like, you know, uh, kind of Baldur's Gate style and like hit pause before and playing out your moves or? Um, no, you, you can pause it, but you can't do anything while you're paused. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes I mean, sense. it's, it's not that complicated of a game. <laughs> um, like I said, I've been playing two days. I have, 
And you don't, I mean, you level your Pokemon, but you're better off just attracting new ones, which is something you don't catch Pokemon in this game. You attract them by cooking. And you cook by mixing these berries in your thing, and depending on what combination you mix, that determines what kind of Pokemon you'll get. You know, you use higher quality ingredients, higher level Pokemon will come. Like, I think the highest level Pokemon I've got to come to my place is level 30. You know, and it's funny, I had uh, like level 14 Pokemon, and but I got the higher level berries from completing the levels. So I was able to, you know, cook and eventually got this level 30. So I have two 14s and a 30. It's like, okay, that's kind of silly. Um, the That discrepancy does go away once you get up to the 20s. Um, I've only gotten, I think, two level 30s or something like that out of the ones I've gotten. Um, so all in all, it's it's a mobile game. I wouldn't even advise getting it on. It's it. I will say this. Like I said, it's free to start. So you can play it on Switch right now for free. No Mm -hmm. issues. You don't have to buy anything. From what I've seen, there's literally nothing you have to buy to be successful at the game. I don't know why it's called free to start, unless something later on is, you know, locked behind a paywall, but I have not seen any indication of that. The little store in-game has stuff that costs between $3 and $30. Um, The $30 pack, you pretty much wouldn't need to buy any of the others, um, unless you needed a specific boost for your Pokemon. Um, that's the other thing that's kind of interesting with your Pokemon is as they level, it unlocks these slots on them essentially. So it can be up to, I think nine is the most the grid will hold, but it's like the old, uh, you know, final fantasy 10 grid sphere thing. You know, you unlock the circle, you know, you have three circles unlocked and then you can, you have two more that eventually open up or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then you slot in these stones you get that are drops from the levels and that will boost either attack or hit points. Um, and certain Pokemon will be like all attack. Some will be all hit points. Some will be a combination in the middle, you know. So I've got like my Onyx, which has hit points over a thousand. I've got uh, something else that had attack of like 800. I haven't been, I think actually I did recently top a thousand attack on something. Um, but, you know, I had those extremes and then I had my Charmander in the middle uh, well, not my Charmander is not a good example because it kind of sucks. Um, Charmeleon actually because it evolved, but um, I had another one. It was like 500 of each. You know, it's that balanced character or Pokemon. Um, so you had this whole mechanic and uh, it gets to the point where you're just grinding out things because it's like, okay, the next recommended, uh, what you call it, the next level, there's a, you know, power recommendation. Your party is at X amount of power based on your attack or your power and uh, hit points it adds up for your three pokemon you have currently in your group and then it gives you you know okay you're above the recommended or you're below the recommended well i got to a point where i was straight up below the recommended on all the levels available to me you know you start out the game you only have one level you can play and you once you get through the stages you unlock two more and as you beat those two you unlock three more i don't know if i'll unlock four next time but that'd be the pattern you know makes sense but uh i have three level or three stages three areas open to me now i currently cannot beat any of them even though my power is higher than two of them because of you know the type match they're strong Mm. against me or something um but so it's like okay until i grind more and either cook to attract more pokemon 
or I um, just level up or I get more of those stones because the stones have three tiers, uh, bronze, silver, and gold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bronze just gives you the stats like, okay, plus 100 attack. Then the bronze one may be, you know, plus 100 attack, plus 5% critical hit chance. And then the silver will be, you know, 100 attack, plus 5% critical hit chance, plus 5% critical damage. Mm. And then the gold will be those plus something else. Um, I can't remember what the third is for attack, but it's the same thing for the hit point ones. You know, you have uh, quicker regen, quicker movement, and something else. Of course, I can't remember all three of either of them, but um, you have these various things. So you're essentially trying to grind out Mostly stones, because those are your biggest increases in stats. Um, levels don't happen often. Um, they don't get a whole lot of experience for completing any of the stages. Are levels like a big thing when you finally do get them? Or? Um, you know, I haven't even noticed a big difference. The really? biggest thing for me for levels was evolving. When my Charmander evolved into Charmeleon, that was a humongous stat difference. That was like doubling stats almost, I think. Well, that was always the case is if you evolved, you were like, yep, now I'm about to change this Pokemon, you know. Well, it's completely. normally a it's normally a big difference. Um, but sometimes but it's it, a bad thing and you don't want them yeah, to evolve. It, I mean, that's usually on moves, but yeah, whatever. You know, and you can actually stop the evolution in this game too. It has an option where your Pokemon will never evolve, um, which I don't know the benefit of that yet uh, because I don't, you know, know what all moves are available. You can... Uh, train your Pokemon by sacrificing other Pokemon to learn more moves or to level them up. What the which this, fuck? Yeah, you basically train with them, and then the other one goes back to the wild. Not like uh, literal blood sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> That's like you, I know, feed, you feed this Pikachu to your Charmander, and he gets yeah. lightning bolt. I should there have known go. that I would have had to clarify with you. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Um, oh no! You had to clarify with me too. Okay. that's what it sounded like. <laughs> it's right. like you sacrifice. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Nintendo wouldn't be that graphic about it. But in a game sense, just yeah. Would you I like mean, to get rid of this Pokemon to enhance this one? X for kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fair enough. For, for one, Pokemon has some fucked up backstories. I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah. gone into the Pokemon it. descriptions and the Pokedex and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's like this this Pokemon kidnaps children in their sleep. It's like if there, if oh, there was a Nintendo wow. series that was gonna have blood sacrifice in it, this and would that, be where my know, money went. I take back what I said. Totally viable question. My bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Pokemon Quest, I would say um don't bother playing it on Switch. It's not a game that takes advantage of the higher power. Um it's not out on mobile yet, but when it does, just wait for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those things I'm literally, I just have my switch next to me and I'm like, okay, my stamina is probably refilled. I'll go do my stuff. All right. It's done. Or I'll, you know, hit a level and then go back to work <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I'll go, oh yeah, I finished my level like an hour ago. Let me go hit another one. Cause it's 30 minutes per stamina. So yeah, essentially just, doing, I mean, that go seems ahead. to be the way phone games are now. They're just like, yeah, okay, well. We're just something for you to be able to look down at your phone, kill 30 minutes to an hour if, you know, you need yeah. to bullshit throughout the day and then not worry about it. Yeah. So I've been, you know, gradually doing that on the side while doing other stuff just to 
see how the game progresses. You know, I want to, it's not so much out of enjoying the game. It's a research into mechanics. <laughs> I, I'm curious more than I am interested. Uh, so, but that was the most, that was the weakest part of the news. Um, the core game was really the big thing, but the controversial thing, the second game, which is actually two games, you know, as normal, um, are the Let's Go games. Now, I talked about these, I think, last week about the rumors. Well, we finally got a full-fledged trailer from uh, Nintendo and Game Freak uh, and the Pokemon Company, whatever organization you want to attribute it to, uh, for the Let's Go games. Now, they are coming out on the Switch. They are coming out this November. So the normal Pokemon cycle. Um, they are Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which is exactly what was uh, leaked last week or the week before. Um, now, the big thing here is that this is not a core game. This is not like the core games. This is more like Pokemon Go which is not great for the Switch. You know, I, I play Pokemon Go, not a lot, but, you know, uh, kid likes it, so we, you know, we'll go out sometimes Pokemon hunting or whatever. You know, if we're going out, we'll try to hit a couple Poke stops to get more Pokeballs and stuff, but I will go, you know, two weeks without touching it. Don't really mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it a lot more early on. Um but they just haven't updated enough to really keep my attention. Now, the premise of Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Eevee is that it is a remake of Pokemon Yellow. I Really? Yes. Wow. But it is not a core game. Now... There's a little bit of argument about whether or not it's a core game, but it's not a true core game. Yeah, that's what I was um, going to ask, is how, how does that mesh? Because Yellow was here, definitely a core game. Here is why. You don't battle wild Pokemon. What? You what? only battle trainers. And you catch Pokemon in the Pokemon Go style. You flick your stick at them, uh, and it will throw a Pokeball on screen, and you have a circle you have to land in. And the better aim you have with your, you know, thrown Pokeball, the more likely you are to catch it. Which, I like that mechanic. I don't have any issue with that mechanic. It's just, that's something blatantly from Pokemon Go. Um, the issue, though, is you don't have wild battles. Um, mm. You don't, and I don't know, I, I, I don't know overall how this is going to be, because it seems like, it's going to be a uh, essentially a Switch version of Pokemon Go that you don't have to go out and do stuff with. You have an in-game world instead. Pokemon um, Stay. Oh, so yeah. It's, but, you, but you can connect it to Pokemon Go and actually transfer your Pokemon from, go, uh, from Pokemon Go to uh, Let's Go. And now there, you know, that leads to a couple questions. Can you transfer them out of the game into Pokemon Go? Because then Pokemon Go becomes broken. Yeah. You know, you can get, if it, potentially, this is, you know, hypothetical, if you can get every Pokemon in uh, Let's Go Pikachu, 
then you can transfer any of them to Pokemon Go and have a potentially overpowered group. Now, a couple of things that if you're not a player of Pokemon Go, Pokemon and Pokemon Go don't have traditional levels. They have a power rating. Now, in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, they have levels. So that part, we do know they at least have some sort of leveling system. But how will that tie into Pokemon Go? Because they don't. They have power. Um, is it something where... Because, uh, like, it was a essentially a park, and I kind of attribute it more to, like, the Safari Zone or the, uh, in the recent games, the little berry place, uh, the Pokey Palego, I think they called it. And I think that uh, is really more what it's going to be attributed to, and I don't know that you're going to be able to use them for the main game, if that makes sense. I think you may be able to bring them in and get like a bonus from them or a special item from them or, you know, something extra. But I'm, and I kind of hope it's not like this, uh, where you can just load them in and, you know, dominate the game because you loaded in your super high power Dragonite from Pokemon Go um, or even vice versa. I don't want to be able to, it's bad enough in Pokemon Go going up to pe against people that have these ridiculously powered stuff because they've either just spent that much time in it or they've literally spent money on it uh that it's just unrealistic it's not you know essentially fair to casual players the way they do things but um i don't yeah i don't see that it's a good thing for it to be able to transfer back and forth completely what i do hope is that because it showed transferring from your game to someone else's pokemon go and they got a gift I really liked that. Um, it didn't show what the gift was. It didn't reveal the contents. But I liked that level of in interactivity. Okay. Yeah. You know, give me something special because of this. And what Pokemon Go has been missing since the start was essentially multiplayer. You know, all you can do together is raid. You can't trade. You can't do anything. So, like, when we started out, I was like, okay, well, I've got, you know, three Charmanders. I'm going to hold on to them because if they ever eventually add, you know... Trading, I can give one to my girlfriend and one to the kid, you know, that plays. Mm -hmm. And we'll each have one. And I, you know, I have Pokemon. I'm literally still saving for that reason. And I'll uh, save the best one for myself. Oh, yeah, of course. I had the highest power <laughs> one. That's the one I used and evolved. Um, but, like, there was a community event recently where they increased the spawn of Charmanders. Funny, it's my example, too. But um, I actually got three shiny Charmanders, my first shinies in Pokemon Go, which I'm not even going to get into the topic of shinies other than it's a big deal for people, not me, but for people. I got three of them, accidentally got rid of one, um, and my girlfriend got none. Whoops. So she was pretty upset because we were catching the same, you know, Charmander on the map, but hers wasn't shiny and mine was three different times. Um, wow. But I have the other one saved, you know, and if they ever trade... I'll give it up so that uh, either her or the kid have it. I'm totally cool with that. But they don't have trading. They don't have, you know, PvP in the game uh, other than their gems, which you just put your Pokemon in and someone spams the tapping the button to fight. Uh, well, aren't the yeah. shiny ones supposed to be more powerful than the standard? No. 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 Shinies are literally a trophy. Ah, okay. So they're like a foil in a 
card game or something like yes, that. Yes, exactly. There is literally zero difference. Um, I don't know if that's true for all games. I'm not going to, I will just stop myself there and say, I don't know for every single game, but every game I've looked at or gotten one in didn't make a difference. None of the stats are different. They just have a different look. And it's not like they even sparkle as shiny. It's like they're different colors. So shiny is essentially a mutation. That's all it is. So people are out there trying to catch the mutants. Yeah. Yeah, there are, you know. And then bite what, them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what the kids will do in the, you know, core games on the DS. They'll just spend time shiny hunting. They actually, uh, the latest Pokemon games actually added a way to make shinies easier to get. Uh, in the earlier games, it was all like a one out of uh, some insane number, like 2,000 and something chance to get one. Uh, and now in this new area, it's like one out of 20 or one out of 50 or something like that in the latest game because people just have gone crazy over shiny hunting. Um, there are even people you know on Twitch that that's all they do is shiny hunt on stream and that's how they're making their money. You know, They live off shiny hunting. Um, which the, which consists of, okay, start the fight, run away. Start the fight, run away. Start the fight, run away. <laughs> yeah. Until it's shiny. That's literally all it is to it. Um, but yeah, so I have I have a lot of mixed feelings about like, let's go Pikachu and Eevee. I love that it's on Switch and I really, really want it to be good. I really do because I'm I'm a Pokemon fan. I've played the recent games, um, uh, the last couple of generations. I started out on Red, Blue, and Yellow, so I played the originals. I jumped, I skipped, you know, five generations, but that's okay. Um, I'm still a fan of it, okay. so I really want a good game on the Switch for it. Right, I really hope they don't fuck that up. I really don't don't yeah. want them to even though i'm even though i'm not like nose deep in the pokemon game yeah. this is just like we talked about last episode chris about Star Fox. don't mm-hmm. don't start fucking pulling bullshit because now, you could ruin this. exactly sorry adam by the way i just that's yeah. fine that's fine uh question sure so is that the uh guaranteed uh main flagship entry or that, or is that debatable, and they don't know if that's going to be? You said As there was. A, a, you said there was going to be a. Um, I can't remember what you a, called it. There's a core game next year. There's, yes. Okay, so the core game is not one of these that you're mentioning. No. Okay. No. Let's so go, Pikachu and Eevee are this year. Is there uh, anything in November? Known, is there anything known about that core game? No, um, but it's assumed that it's going to be similar to the DS, and that's going to be actually. Uh, here, here's the overall thought about it, is that Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are a bridge to get people into Pokemon on the Switch uh, mm-hmm. from Pokemon Go. People that didn't play on DS, get them to Switch and then bring out the core game for both the main Pokemon audience, you know, like myself and the kids, and the Pokemon Go players as well after Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Um because Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee will be kind of be this hybrid, you know. For the core audience, not a great game. Probably okay. I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad game. Um, Pokemon is hard for a Pokemon game to be bad. Uh, but it's not going to be one of their core good games. 
it's probably going to be acceptable. It's probably going to be okay to the you know normal uh, to the actual audience of the game. But the Pokemon Go audience that never played a Pokemon game in their life, this is probably going to be pretty good. This is going to be something they've never seen before. This is going to be a step up without jumping straight into the mechanics and world of the core games. Hmm. Kind of kind of easing them into the the concepts of higher mechanics. Yeah, because think about the generation they chose. They chose Generation 1, 151 Pokemon. Not, they're up to over 700 in the global Pokedex now. So limiting it to 151, which even Pokemon Go has only up to Gen 2 in it. And that's not even all of them last time I checked. Yeah, now it's at the point where you just can't catch them all. It's literally too many of these damn things. Yeah, and the games don't even include all 700 anymore. They, they're not trying to give you that overall in that game. You can still bring them like in from your old games, get them from special events or whatever, or special eggs or whatever the case may be in the new games. Mm-hmm. But your main Pokedoc, Pokedex only has like 300 at the most, I think. Wow. Uh, which is still a lot. but It's, they, it's only know, about half of the total number of Pokeballs. Yeah, exactly. So going from... Pokemon Yellow, you know, you go from Pokemon Go where you have, I think, roughly uh, 200 and some odd max Pokemon, 250 or so. Um, it's been a while since I looked at the numbers, so I know those are off. I'm not going to do well, actually, because I don't care. Um, <laughs> I know it's around 250, roughly. Uh, and Pokemon Go, and then Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are only going to have 151, which is a decrease, but that gives more room to focus on the ones that are there. The ability to catch them all, potentially, in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. And then the core game will have whatever it has. You know, 150 or 200 of the old Pokemon, plus 100 new Pokemon that have never been seen before. That's typically how the games work, you know. Two-thirds mm-hmm. of them are Pokemon from the last game. And then they add another third on top of that. Here's some here's some new stuff for you, you know what I mean? All right, yeah. and the second part of my question was, Okay. Before you started talking, you said to remind you that you had a challenge or something like that. You want oh, to... I wanted to make a deal with Michael. Okay. Yes. And I'll, I don't know if I'll extend this to you yet or not, Adam. We'll see. Okay. Um, I'm going to be playing these games. Um, and I think the deal will probably be for the core game next year. But if I buy you the game, I want you to play it, Michael. Well, I mean... <laughs> you uh, buy me the game. I got no choice. Okay, I want to have a Pokemon episode after it comes out. Okay. You I want us to play through the game, way. focus on it, get through it, and then have an episode. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, Adam, I don't know if, if that's something you're up to or not. Yeah, I don't. I have a uh, Wii U, but I do not have a Switch. Yeah, so we'll see if you have a Switch by then. I mean, it'd be kind of silly not to have one by then, but we'll see. We shall well, judge you I mean, too he's, hard. He's got to get a PlayStation 4 before he gets anything. Oh, he's God. Like, there's three fucking core games deep in that system that are like must plays. We're getting oh, closer God, yeah. to it. I'm I'm finding myself in need of a new uh, home entertainment system. <laughs> well, that definitely yeah. needs to be the next console Yeah, get the PS4 choice. first. <laughs> for you and for the audience. Yeah. <clears throat> um, But I don't know. I'm not... I'm, uh, Michael, I won't put you through Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee because um, I don't think it's going to be that great game, you know, that you'll want to play after not playing for so long. 
Mm-hmm. But I think the core game on the Switch will be awesome. As long as they don't screw yeah. it up, I think it'll be awesome. Yeah, that's a solid way to put that too because if I, Pokemon Go aside, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get on that bandwagon not because the fucking cool thing to do was, was to shit on the thing that was popular. It's just because <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't. And unfortunately, Pokemon Go was, what, about a month? Maybe two months? If even that. Yeah, it was it a couple fucking, months. It exploded and then disappeared. So by the time I even had any inclination to jump into it, it was already done. But even for me, with with the, again, we're talking like close to 19, we're close to two decades, two, 20-something years since I played a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to go from not playing anything Pokemon related for two months, I mean, uh, two years to a, basically a mobile game, bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Yep. <laughs> I'd much rather go play like maybe the next, the next generation, like the crystal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm down for it. It will not turn away. Right. Pokemon is not some genre or, or game that I would turn away. I mean, I, I don't think I'd get as uber fucking crazy into it like people have, but yeah. I would not turn it away. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know the kids will be too, but we'll see how Let's Go is. Um, yeah. The other uh, big news thing that I think is worth talking about on here. Have either of you seen the trailer for Fallout 76? I actually just heard about that today. I've not seen the trailer yet. Mm-hmm. I just heard I, the first bit of news ever about it to me. There was, uh, again, I heard this through happenstance through a podcast, that there was uh, like a teaser for it. Like they had oh, yes. Bethesda's channel, whatever, had a fucking, like a, uh, the, the uh, Fallout, screen thing was on like yeah, the, the police stand by yeah and then and then the thing dropped or the thing the thing the live action thing happened yeah. i haven't seen any of it yet i'm gonna throw this out there at one point they had like 140,000 people watching that please stand by screen wow people were that excited to see what was going to be announced and that stream yeah. was 10 hours long wow and for most of it they had an excess of 100,000 viewers and they yeah. had like over a million unique visitors, something ridiculous number like that, you know. I bet you one of them was Drake. I bet you what? one of them was Drake. What? <laughs> um, I actually didn't watch it. I saw the little thing that you know they went live or whatever, um, and that it was the please stand by. But I just I didn't know when it was happening, and I was doing other stuff, so I didn't actually watch it. But I uh, saw the post because I uh, have liked the Fallout page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I saw it like five minutes after the reveal without having to actually sit there and watch all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to add some more to this as well. I haven't. And it's, it's admittedly, it's slightly a, I don't really care to, okay. uh, this is a good fucking, uh, just discussion topic right here, especially because me and Adam have discussed this, I believe on the podcast before. Because uh, I think uh, it was was, one of you two recommended that I get uh, Fallout New Vegas. I don't know if it was was me. Okay, and I don't even it may have been on an episode or it may have been just just talking in general. But um, so Fallout discussion, 
I, I have such a mixed bag feeling about Fallout right now. This is this is this leads to why I haven't watched this and really haven't cared for it. Uh, one of the first big long several hours like fully investing doing everything in this massive game that i ever got into was fallout 3 this was long long after this game had had been fully completed like and i mean that as in all the all four dlc packs were were added to it uh, all the content was there all the patches were there and i played this on the 360 by the way so this is when i had to get the game and then another disc that had two expansions and another disc that had another two expansions mm-hmm. but even so like i had i got everything in this game and i did everything in this game and i so i did it all i enjoyed it but once i was done I had the screaming echo of the entire world behind me going to New Vegas and Fallout 4 and everything like this, especially with Fallout 4. I feel like this like Fallout just got skyrocketed to this fucking meme in your face level of popularity that I don't think it deserves that much praise. It's probably right. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's got. There were a lot of you know choices. There were a lot of story stuff into it. There were many side quests with a lot of good little story elements here and there. I, I will tell you this: but, it ain't it ain't Skyrim level RPG of all time. I mean, I put Fallout above Skyrim, but. I'm just yeah, well, no, uh, no, you, I imagine no, you, do. you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Not if you were what IGN or whoever. The hell Not that if was. you're IGN. That's the fucking Chris. You didn't know that Skyrim was the greatest fucking RPG of all time. Yeah, fuck you, Chrono. Trigger. The greatest. The greatest. Uh, wow. But when I that's a that's a callback to the audience. By the way, guys and gals, go check out uh, our top uh, RPG hundred RPGs of all time. We just basically did a review list of I think Game Informer and IGN. I hope I got those two right. And yeah, that that's quite a fucking episode. But anyway, uh, Fallout. So again, I never I didn't play Fallout One. I didn't play Fallout Two. I have not played New Vegas. I do own it. I have not played Fallout Four. I don't own it. But one one thing right off the bat, whenever I there was there was a point in the game of Fallout 3 that apparently was the original ending for the game mm-hmm. until the expansions got put on top of it. And basically, if I'm using bullshit numbers, the main campaign of Fallout 3 was 30 hours long. After the expansions, you're looking at like 120. Like, they added a whole bunch more shit to do, yeah. a whole lot of main story quests. Uh, so when I went back and they were like, Hey, you remember when this happened in the story? That was kind of the ending of the game. And I was like, Oh God, what a horrible (laughs) shit ending that would have been. Yup. What a, what a bullshit boss you had to fight and all that. But anyway, um, there was, okay. So there are lots of great things about fallout guys and gals. There was nothing wrong with fallout that, that I can just blatantly point out for what it was at the time. It has its charm, you know. You're you're the lone guy. You're out in a post-apocalyptic world. You got the 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 great themed uh, that's that works really well for its setting music. But right about there, and 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 the I mean the the stories, 
you hit or miss. You get some good ones, you get some bad ones. But right about there is where my desire and care for it stops. Uh, I was saturated with all of that, and I got all what I needed. The character animations, uh, again, we're talking a generation back. This is on 360, mind you, but still. The the character animations and designs, they, they're, they're mediocre. I mean, they're there. They serve their purpose. The, the game itself was good for what it was, but once I was done with Fallout 3, that was it. When Fallout New Vegas came out, the big thing that I heard from many people was, did you play Fallout 3 and everything in it? Yeah, well, then you really don't need to play New Vegas. I've also heard the opposite, where no, New Vegas has its own story, and it's also really good. I kind of heard the same thing about Fallout 4, but it's it's so fucking hard for me to pinpoint a reason why. Like, I just don't have a burning-in-my-loins desire for the, for anything new Fallout. Mm-hmm. It could be because I saturated myself with so many hundreds and hundreds of hours of the of the game, and I'm like, woo, I'm good for a while. Uh, there are games that I've done that with that I've gone back to, like Breath of the Wild. I've gone back to it. God of War. Eventually, I will go back through that fucker again. I've even tolerated the idea of going back through Persona 5 again. <laughs> but when it comes to Fallout 3, I'm like, yeah, no, I I got my fill of it. And they're like, well, we have, okay, okay, but we have another game. Um, I'm not really feeling it. Okay, we have another game. I'm not feeling it. And now with this one being announced, I just, I don't know. I, I'm folded arms, and I've maybe if I watch it, maybe something will stir my stir me up to play it. I need to see something that's gonna be just. I need to see a God of War change and Fallout for me to be interested. All right, then like, let me give it to you. From uh, what I heard, this is a multiplayer game. Yeah, a multiplayer right. base building survival, survival Rust type game. Immediately not interested. There you go. There's your big change. You were like, oh, we changed for the worst. Right into the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't care about it being it multiplayer. Was, it was like lukewarm, and then you doused it with ice. I don't know what <laughs> I, I... I will go... I will say I don't know what I want from the Fallout series, then, if that's what it takes. But I I don't see anything else in here that's making me go, oh, guys, the new one's out. And, I, I, and, I that, also, and that's me. That's will, just me. I will also say this. Uh, the longer you wait on New Vegas, the more dated it gets. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it will not age well. I can already tell you that it is It is probably already at the point where it's going to start getting kind of wonkily. Well, yeah. well, let me, let me, let me stow your fears just a little bit because I do have New Vegas. I did buy it. I do. I did download it. It's on my PC. I could start that game anytime. And I will tell you that I, I'm going to really have to force myself to do it, to play that game. I'm not telling not, you to force yourself to do no, it. No, no, no. But, no but, but just hold on. What I'm saying is when I do, my sole drive for that game is is going, all right, Story, you better get me. Story, you better come on. Story, you better give me something. You better start hooking me, and I better start getting interested. Because if I don't, that's it. I'm not I'm not playing New Vegas for the action. I'm not playing for the for the customization or the character variety or what fucking bobbleheads I can pick up. I am playing that game to get a story. Does it have to be a ten out of ten story? No, but it needs to be a good story. That's what you touted to me is that New Vegas does have a really good story. It if does. it does, if it does, then I'll ride that train. But 
If you want to play it like that, then I recommend you get like a spoiler-free guide to point mm-hmm. you in the right direction because it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you need to go across the wasteland over here to get to the next part of the story, and you're supposed yeah. to just wander around having fun, but since you're out, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> you might want to beeline over to the next story part. I mean, I did a lot of that, but I did a lot of that in Fallout 3. Like, I did a lot of the just randomly exploring and picking up every item and pillaging every fucking vehicle for what scraps I could find and all that, and it was good. But yep. once I had my fill of it, I was like, okay, I'm good. Let me give you a minor, uh, for instance, kind of spoiler. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of stuff that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, you had a vault where every year they would elect an overlord. and or the you, you know how all the vaults had overseers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wanted to be the overseer in this vault. Because you were overseer for a year, and then you went off into this uh, chamber to be sacrificed. Wow. And nobody wanted to be overseer, but for uh, 300 freaking years, they kept electing a person to go commit suicide. Elect a person, and they would, like, kick them in there and lock the door. Wow. You know? And turns out... After you've been th- you go through the entire process and you listen to all the tapes of all these people fighting the entire time and like battling each other. They have factions formed like I promise I won't help elect you if you don't help elect me and you know that years and years until it's like five or six people left. And then finally the last two people are, are left. They don't vote for each other and the goddamn door opens because that was the goal. Oh, 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 oh wow! It's like we were just wondering how long it would take for y'all not to send somebody to their death. Oh, wow! <laughs> it's like oh well, that's well crazy. damn, yeah, and it's stuff like that that that's the kind of stuff I remember when I think of Fallout. I'm like oh yeah, yeah that was that you know the the kind of dark humor or of yeah. you know seeing this ridiculous thing but it's actually dead serious you know yeah that's one of my that's what i really like about the fallout games is the um the lore behind it reading all the terminals it's one of the few games where you have these terminals with all this text to read and i actually sit there and read it because a lot of it's pretty interesting gives you a lot of background you'll learn all kinds of things about the place you're in um and you know I don't think the mechanics of Raw are bad. I mean, I played through Fallout 4. I've seen, I think, two out of three endings. I just never finished the last one or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I enjoyed it. Uh, the little base building thing you had there was okay. Had a lot of room for improvement. But I enjoyed it enough that I am cautiously optimistic. I think that's the word that uh, Co Carnage used on the Drop Frames cast. Uh, about this game uh, the there are a couple of big things about it you know not getting into what type of game it is but <clears throat> the setting of it is hundreds it's like 200 years before any of the other games this is not part of the same timeline so people are thinking of it as it's not Fallout 5 it's a side game this is like um, Fallout Tactics or something. Yeah, it's another side thing. And 
if if they can pull it off and do this well, I think it'll be really good. Um, it can also be really bad re- really easily. They could totally screw it up from day one. But I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think it's going to be at least reasonably good. Um, it may not be mind-blowing at all. It may not be. I mean, that's fair. But I still think it's not going to be a bad game. Um, the whole survival thing, it, it's, I like survival games in general, but they are a lot of repetition. I think where this one will come into play is the base building aspect of it. That will be, I mean, that's a core of a survival game. You know, what are your crafting options? What are your essentially survival options? Um, and how does this tie into you know, where's the lore aspect of it? How much of that's there? Uh, how much of this is going to be based around lore we know about? You know, how did this place get established? Well, you're literally being part of the establishment of this town or whatever. You know that hundreds of years in the future you're interacting with in Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. Um, what, you know, is it new stuff? Is it new background that you have no idea about? You know, this is all new lore for you to ingest and just get more and more background on the world. You know, how does the multiplayer aspect work? Is it, you know, working together? Is it PvP? Is it both? Is it either or, you know, because um, survival games like this are typically, you know, dedicated servers or private instance servers or however you do it. Uh, so you kind of get that flexibility to determine what kind of survival game you want to play. You know, is it all working towards a common goal? Which could be pretty cool, you know, building up a city, literal city, uh, post, you know, nukes, which is, I think this is something like only 20 years after the nukes dropped. So this is fresh. This is, you know, uh, one of the first vaults, if not the first vault open, supposedly. So you've got a completely unspoiled, spoiled world to deal with. Um, so it has a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I wonder is whether or not they're, like you said, going to try to make this a PvP thing or if they're going to mm-hmm. try to make it a uh, co-op or maybe... I, I assume if it's going to be like Rust, then there's not going to be a whole lot of story. There's going to be a whole lot of running around trying not to get killed while you gather crafting Yeah, and materials. I hate that. And hate that, that. that sounds like it's going to be a absolute abysmal game be totally oh, honest yeah. with you. and that's why the private servers are such a big thing you know uh, where you can completely disable pvp if you want and i honestly i probably would at least for a you know first playthrough um so to speak and i call it a playthrough who knows if it's going to have an actual you know story to follow yeah, it might actually just point. be open-ended where you're just kind of standing there yeah you know with no i mean goal. But, but what about if you're you have this story where you're going around and opening other vaults, you know, early vaults that you're supposed to unlock or something, or you're manipulating the project somehow or experiments in some of the vaults. There's so much potential here. So much. Well, that's why I said it could I, be a really great game. I'm going to, I'm going to go with what you said and say that I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope they don't mess this up. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the concept has me very skeptical. 
Um, I mean, and we'll know a lot more E3. That'll be a real big, uh, everybody's going to be watching that. Yeah, it's not because too since long. They've, yeah, since they've announced this, everybody wants to know the details. You know, are these rumors true? Excuse me. Is this a survival game? Is it a multiplayer survival game? You know, how does it work? What's going to happen? How, how true to the Fallout formula are you keeping it? You know? Yeah. I mean, how does VATS work in a multiplayer setting? You know, stuff like that. You're not going to uh, have necessarily all the things. I know I saw someone talk about the Pip-Boy in the teaser is a prototype. It's not even the Pip-Boy you use. Maybe VATS doesn't exist yet, you know, type thing. Or it's a rough version that doesn't work. Oh no! Like what we know that works. What What if you're a raider and you're trying to stop the vault guy? He's like <laughs> he's like freezing time while you try to kill him in a first oh, person. Oh god! Route. That you're would like, be brutal. Yeah, you're like trying to run up and hit him with a bat, and he's like teleporting over there and killing your friends, and you're like, no, stop, please! As he like bashes in another one of your friends, you're like, oh god, yeah. That would yeah, it'd be, be an, it'd be interesting to be raiders setting up the, uh, you know, cities you find later on that has the, uh, the vault dweller you're destroying and murdering <laughs> all the members of. But this is their history. This is how their little settlement got established. You know, this raider outpost. It's been a thing for 300 years, and it started here by you building this base. You know, recruiting these other raiders, and you know, making it home, and then. You have your legacy, and in 300 years, all get murdered by the Vault Dweller. There you here, go. Here is, a, here is a piece of credit that I'll give to Fallout 76 that I haven't heard about so far. And again, this, this is a game option that's more like flavoring right now than a solid game as a whole. It wasn't announced as Fallout 76, the Battle Royale. I'll give it. I will give it that. So at it least wasn't it has the, announced that way. Yeah, true. It is true. Was it announced that way? But they're saving that for the big reveal at E3. Yeah, we'll save that for uh, next week. <laughs> I did hear it was going to have a Fortnite style construction. Did you really? Yeah, that was the way it was described to me. Fortnite. Uh, I've never style heard that, so I'm going to call that a lie, and I'm going to hope it's not true. And I'm going to, you know, just plug your ears. <laughs> yep. I'm going to believe it's not true until I find out it is, and then I'm never going to play the game. Damn. <laughs> so you a, are you a Fortnite hater? Is that what's going no, on right No, I just don't want that in a Fallout game. He's like, I call it two weeks like an American. America. <laughs> okay, so I'm going I'm to make you defend this. Why mm-hmm. don't you? It's, I mean, it's, so Fortnite has a, system going it makes sense in a way when you actually watch people play that are good at building um if i played i would not be building would get me killed i would not do it most likely because i would suck at it um but the building in i mean and i guess it's not a huge difference but the building in fortnite is kind of it's awkward in the way you do it. You just have this laser thing you shoot out and you build stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Fallout, I would expect to build things, you know? Yeah, like actually build it. Grab... Yeah, provide the, materials the, for it. Yeah. The, yeah. Post, the post-apocalyptic, hey, there's just debris and trash and shit everywhere. Just start grabbing shit and making shit. That's appealing. 
until you <laughs> think about it where you're actually having to build it and it's not just point and click. Well, and even, it's like, mm. even in Rust, you have to go around and cut down trees and mine rocks yeah. and fucking, you know, pull teeth out of animals or whatnot to fucking mm-hmm. get your stuff to build to craft with. No, yeah. it doesn't seem like that in Fortnite. It seems like you just no, yeah, you kill somebody all... and like there's a bunch of boxes and you run over them real quick and that gives you all the stuff you need to keep building stuff. Fortnite, you do get materials from hitting things. You get wood, brick, and iron, I believe. Okay. Um, wood from trees and houses, uh, bricks from brick structures, and then metal from like vehicles and certain things will give you metal. And those are different, you know, strengths. It'll take a lot of materials for certain things and you have, but you start out with some materials and you need like 15 seconds to gather all the stuff you'll use later on in some cases, you know, depending how mm-hmm. long you survive. You may have to go farm some brick, you know, for your end game, so to speak, uh, Wallace, but you don't mm-hmm. spend very much time doing it. Let's see what I would do if I was that guy in Fortnite, you know, and I wasn't constrained by the arbitrary limits the developers had put on me, is I would build a car and go around ramming stuff because I wouldn't build a giant wooden tower that physically couldn't survive. That I guess that's what turns me off to Fortnite is they make these giant wooden towers that are really just a series of planks that extend out into the infinity. Yeah, it's it's not true physics, but it's it does have where you destroy the base, it all falls, so you don't have floating structures. Yeah. Um, going to the vehicles... People, players are actually requesting it, you know, and the developers are like, we don't really want to do this. But what they did, I think, in this last week, they released a shopping cart you could ride on. <laughs> so you can ride around on a buggy, That's you know, sad. holding onto the handles like you did like as a kid, uh, just rolling around with it. <laughs> I don't know what impact it had on the game. I don't know if it's permanent or not, but it cracked me up when I saw that. I did play, uh, what's the Fortnite Compared Battle Royale. PUBG. PUBG. Yeah. Okay. I, I played that, and let me tell you, they ripped some stuff straight out of Arma 3. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah they, straight out of Arma 3, and it's basically a game mode of Arma 3 come to life. I don't really care to talk about this, but PUBG is now suing Fortnite, too, for being really? too similar. <laughs> Even though they... they Wow, they straight yeah, ripped yeah. their game out of somebody else. Yep. I mean, like so, the lean mechanics, the way everything works. Mm-hmm. I was I was just flabbergasted at how similar this was to, uh, you know, a game I played a lot of, which was Arma. I was like, oh man, this is Arma, but like they took away like two or three mechanics and made it, you know, a little bit more dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, Arma at least you know had it to where you could change your clothes, and that carried that changed how much carrying capacity you had. So, yeah. aside from the Pokemon news and the Fallout mm-hmm. news, was there any other news that you come across you wanted to bring up for really for any of us, not just you? But yeah, the only other thing I wrote down was the you know uh, PUBG suing Fortnite thing that just amused mm-hmm. me. So I thought I'd mention it if we had time. Yeah, yeah, we got time. I mean, it's. I have not played either one of them, but I have gathered from various sources that, of course, PUBG was not... I mean, there's a lot of blatant fucking... Um, rip to use it. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just like yeah, it's, it's not a that's not gonna fare too well. And if it does, it's it's in a hey, they're gonna if they make their money off of it, sure. But it's like really, how how do how did you get away with that? Oh man, yeah, I can't believe I bought that game. I'm I'm sad that I gave this guy money. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah. I feel ashamed that I perpetuated this guy having any sort of lifestyle. Uh, I'll also say this: like I have nothing against Fortnite. Uh, I've I've seen enough of PUBG to know why I don't think I'd like that game. The the fucking boredom effect and a lot of wandering and nothing happening, and or you die within you know one minute because of bad luck or bad placement. I've seen a little bit of Fortnite compared. Uh, not a lot of gameplay. I've seen, I have looked at and watched about an equal amount of playthrough. And I do get that Fortnite is uh, a little bit more fun. It's got a, it's got a, a, a different, a more appealing color palette. Like I can see how Fortnite in comparison has drawn the audience. Uh, also, <laughs> with it being free, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. But. This has become another game in a succession of over the past five whatever years of games that are just dominating popularity and market. And I'm like, I haven't played a fucking single minute of it. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. I just don't have the, I'm not in the mood to play a massive multiplayer shooter game or a shooter game, period. Uh, but I can look at Fortnite and go, yeah, I see. I get it. Okay. Yeah. And I definitely see why it has. Better aspects than than uh, PUBG. Poor PUBG. It was such a it was such a thing. Good God, everybody was talking about PUBG, but they were also talking mainly about battle royale. Period. Yeah. Which I mean, that's another. It's I mean, it's now a thing. Yeah. It was it was a new it was a revolutionary new concept done in the most unrevolutionary way you could possibly think to do it. They were just mm-hmm. like, let's rip, copy and paste. Arma three into this, and it's like Daisy. Yeah, that's, that's the only way I can describe yeah. it. It's it's just another Arma game mode. Yeah. No, I'm good with my single players. I'm good with uh, my fucking God of War. <laughs> that that was good enough for for definitely a good while. Um. I think we're about to wrap this episode up, gentlemen. Uh, next, the next episode we're gonna do is gonna be uh, basically a fucking E three uh, pre hype and and talk yep. and predictions episode. So, uh, that's kind of where this one started out because I mean a lot of this news is leading up yep. to trying to you know sway a little bit of the population toward what's going on. But I mean, a poke anything Pokemon being announced, that's gonna be a eye of that's gonna be an, an attention getter for sure. Yeah. Especially since there was a game that could actually be played now. Right. And uh, even with, uh, I mean, Fallout. Fallout is a big name. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a hot it's a hot topic to talk about when it pops up. So, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what's going to go down. Uh, I'm slowly, oh, yeah. getting, slowly getting a little hype built up now. But uh, for those that haven't heard, uh, it was either the last episode, episode, I think it was episode before last, episode like 42, where we uh, talked about the the list of leaked games that got the game mm-hmm. the, the list of games that got leaked, and that's still I mean if I look at that list right now that's gonna make me go yeah whatever but I just <laughs> I know that's not either either one there's gonna be several things about that list either one 
only half of those games are actually true or two, whether half or, or none or all are true, that that's not going to be all the games. Every yeah. every day there's going to be a company that's going to have its own press conference. And in their own press conference, there, there's going to be anywhere from like five to 15 games announced. So who knows what's going to come? Who knows what's going to happen? I w- we'll see. I can tell you we're going to have our own episode, maybe maybe two, depending on how much content we have to talk about. But uh, that'll be after next episode. We're definitely going to do a little, a little, little, little pre-game huddle, a little pre-E3 discussion. Um, but that's uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, no, no real topic tonight, and that's totally fine. It was for one, it's good to have Adam back. Uh, so we get some, we get a you know some more, more perspective on weeks and discussions of what's going on. Period. Uh. For you, the audience out there, what did you what did you think about anything we talked about tonight? Any of the games that we discussed? Uh, anything that went on in our weeks? Uh, any any additions you want to make to our conversation? Any questions you had? Any shit you want to input? It's all it's all welcome. We love to hear from you. Uh, many ways that you can get a hold of us. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for End of Time Cast. It'll lead you right to us. That may be how you found this episode right here. You can send us an uh, an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. Uh, we still have a Twitter page up. You can find us uh, searching Twitter for End of Time Cast. You can uh, tweet at us. However you want to get a hold of us, we'd love to have any kind of feedback from you. Um, Adam, man, welcome back to the show, man. <laughs> yeah. You didn't Fucking- blow it. You didn't blow it this time, <laughs> damn it. Still got it, man. <laughs> Still got it. So yeah, it's man, I'm I'm really fucking excited having there's the, the three of us the fucking end of time trifecta right here. This is this is gonna be good shit, man. It's good to have you back. Appreciate it. So uh yeah, good stuff. That's gonna do it tonight, folks. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>